weirdly no drive my car, but Eleanor Rigby has played. So. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> very strange yeah, when that very, very strange. That would be awesome. Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Oh! <laughs> Hi! Hi! No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, I'm a nice guy. Hello! Hello. How's everybody doing? Welcome! This is Welcome. episode 8 of Recotopia. I am Chris Atkinson. I'm Jeremy Scott. And, and I'm, I'm Aaron Dicer. Hey, <laughs> Aaron Dicer is here. Yay. The video and audio tracks uh, out of the background. That's right. He's here because we're doing the best of 2021, an unusual year to be mm. said. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's the year It's the year after what a lot of people considered the pandemic, even though it's still going on. It's still going. You didn't know, you didn't know that. still going. You probably didn't know that, but it's still going no. on. Yes. Uh, but 2021, a very unusual year. And can we just say that 2021 may be the year of the longest movies that have ever been made? Ever. <laughs> I mean, there it's were no four-hour ones in there, but like, like every movie seemed to have a two-hour, 20-minute runtime. Yeah. Or more. Yeah, Every yeah. one of them seemed like. That became came, standard. Yeah. Well, came, will, except for a Belfast and here and there. That, right. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are a couple that, that hit 90. But um, yeah, I will say I program the weekend of the Oscars, an event where we watch every single nominated film over the course of three days. And it was the hardest year to do that because the average running time was around three hours for the 10 mm-hmm. movies that were nominated. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. All right, so acknowledging the chat, there are a bunch of people who have uh, come to watch us live on this recording that uh, will be coming out for all the other plebs on Monday. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for coming in. This is going to be a longer one, so let's yeah. get into it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with the box office champ, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, mm. um, which obviously everybody in the world loved for various reasons and and but it's again for me it's there's just too much nostalgia baiting going on in these in these Mm -hmm. movies um i i enjoy i enjoyed this movie don't get me wrong but there was something that made me feel dirty afterwards like i had (laughs) like i had eaten steak with a whole bunch of candy or something like and it was it was it was I I I have frequently referred to this as the Ice Capade Spider-Man because of how mm-hmm. they introduce all of the older characters and and um and and it's 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 like you're sitting in an audience and spotlights come down on all the stuff that you used to love and mm-hmm. and and you know the <laughs> I know that everybody loves Andrew Garfield now all of a sudden after two <laughs> movies that nobody liked apparently like now Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man ever or is this just Twitter you know it's so, just Twitter mm-hmm, yeah so I mean look I once it was rumored they were both going to be in this movie, I said three or four times on Twitter, pat myself on the back, this movie's going to make all the money because people are going to want to see 
that moment mm-hmm. of the three of them together. And then they're going to want to see it again. Now, I'm a little glad that I started seeing on Twitter takes like, this movie's not as much fun without a full crowd cheering when they show up. Right. Um, <clears throat> some of this dialogue is cheesier than I remember. And listen, I didn't see it with a full crowd. I might have had a completely different experience, but mm-hmm. I was basically near flatlining on this movie. Uh, I could do a whole hour and a half on what I think went wrong here. This is not Holland's movie. They gave the other two Peter Parkers more of an arc than they gave Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Sure. And everything that happens in the first hour is all about getting those two other Spider-Men on screen. That's that it, it all is leading up to that. The, maybe the biggest lack of communication in history. When he starts doing that spell before explaining it to Holland, this is what's going to happen. And therefore the spell gets interrupted and broken. <laughs> and everything is about mm-hmm. get, getting that member berries moment. And it did not work for me. I, <sighs> I think the director has clearly gotten better. I will say that. Yeah. And I think the score was outstanding. Sure. Uh, I didn't enjoy that movie very much, and I'm sorry to those of you that did. I uh, Again, I kind of want to do a whole hour and a half about this, but that, I'll save that for another day. Um, <laughs> not a fan, but I'm not surprised it made all the money. We mm-hmm. could pro- I could probably take your hour and a half and stretch it to two and a half. Uh, because mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only because we disagree on quite a bit, I think. Uh, I like, You have to make a decision, right, when you do something like this. Either it's going to be a prominent part of your movie, or it's going to be a cameo. Right. And they opted for we're going to make this a prominent part of the movie. Well, once they did that, yes, all all the decisions they made had to revolve around how do we make the three Spider-Men all feel like they deserve to be in this movie. And for the most part, I think they followed that theory well, like the movie does what it intends to do as far as making the Garfield and Maguire Spider-Men an actual part of what's going on here. Not to mention the villains. You know, the villains all have, I shouldn't say all. <laughs> Some of the villains have, you know, full arcs as well. Um, so once you've done that, what? I think it becomes, no, no, that's fine. It becomes a level of difficulty kind of thing. And I think they pulled it off fairly well. I know I had a blast. I had a really good time. Uh, it definitely has some of those goosebump moments for me. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Why do the two Spider-Men show up old, but the villains apparently show up at the, from the moment right before they died? It's a great question. Um, I don't know that the movie... Does the movie... The, the explanation the movie gives about the villains is that they are, are snapped from the moment they learned he was Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if that logic holds for Toby and Andrew, they should be 20 years <laughs> younger and high school students. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, if you, use, so, if you use the same logic, but yeah. Yeah, it's like like Chris said, this is the ice capades. You mm-hmm. get a Spider-Man, and you get a Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and you get a Doc Ock, and yeah. you get a... And I get, it's like a roller coaster. I get why people had a great time. I just, you know, roller coasters make me vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, going down uh, the list that we have here, uh, I Spy with My Little Eye. Let's do Dune. Mm. Um, um, this uh, is certainly a, a, a better adaptation than the David Lynch uh, that came out in the 80s. Um, I like Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I like this movie, except it's it's weird that they dropped that part one on us out of nowhere. Right? Out of nowhere, 
it's crazy yeah they just dropped it on us like like never once in the advertising did it say part one it no just said, this is dune <laughs> deal with it and then you go and you watch the movie and it's like dune part one and like oh <laughs> Oh, that's that's entirely different. Um, yeah, I, I think I enjoyed this, but I don't. I also, <laughs> I also think that this is something that could have used a little bit of more something, like like the full movie. <laughs> yeah, like the second <laughs> half of the movie. Yes, right, yeah, right. Exactly. I, mean, I think my only knock on this movie is that it's part one. It's half of a story. Like, and I get the super fans out there of the, the, the earlier movie and the books are like, yeah, that let's go. But I'm like, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing resolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally was a cliffhanger movie. Like mm-hmm. the old episodes of Knight Rider where you would, like Jerry Seinfeld said, <laughs> you get five minutes to the end, they're not going to make it. <laughs> and it would be a to be continued episode, right? That's what this is. And you have a- That's the only knock. And you have a, and, and Paul Atreides is this character who- we want to see him grow and he's turning into this into this you know this new person as an adult or whatever and he never really gets there except he has that fight at the end and i don't i just didn't feel like any of that fight was built up correctly like we did we knew that he had been training with like jason momoa and and josh brolin and like we knew he'd been training with them but we just i don't think we ever knew he was kind of a badass at all until like that maybe the movie wants you to think that oh, okay he's not really a badass yet but then like as soon as that fight starts it's never a fair fight really <laughs> that guy yeah he like he like and and we're talking about the, the the part that kills me about it too is momoa says something like they are the fiercest fighters i have ever fought before i have never been so close to dying and then paul atreides goes in and wipes one guy out like nothing <laughs> <laughs> and i know we're supposed to believe that that Paul is this is is going to be this guy, but uh, that that seemed unearned by the end of it, and his character change as he as he uh, um, uh, after this that we don't get to see is much more interesting than anything that we saw in the first part of this this first movie. So uh, it's weird. It's a weird one. I, I, I it's again another movie that I liked. It's just you know you, you left me hanging there too much, and I guess are these movies now are they just considering what you're going to be doing uh three years from now when you're watching netflix or amazon or something like that and they're just like mm. okay well this is part one and then you get to watch part two right after it it's yeah. no big deal that we are coming out with a part one in theaters um, yeah maybe but, but honestly it would have been no big deal again if they would have just marketed it that way at least for me mm-hmm. i mean for some it would still be like this is an incomplete movie i need the second part which i totally understand but at mm-hmm. least we would have known going in like i'm only going to experience the first part of this story mm-hmm. um because even other movies that have done stuff like that you think of lord of the rings or um the second two matrix movies or or whatever it might be you knew going in ahead of time, oh, here's the plan. We're going to do this thing this way. Um, and those even had more complete arcs in their individual movies than than this one does. Um, mm-hmm. So other than that, I absolutely loved Dune. Like, I mm-hmm. thought Dune was one of the most beautiful things I saw uh, all year. I thought it was incredibly well uh, built, like the world building in Dune. I haven't felt this way about world building since Lord of the Rings. Like I just, mm, I mm. want to see more from 
these planets, these people, this system, the the politics, the relationships, like all of it. I just I want to see the technology. I just I want to see all of it. Um, and I haven't felt that intense about something in a long time. I just you know I wish we had both parts. I have a sneaking suspicion that once we get both parts, this will be one of the greatest movie experiences of my life. But I just don't know that yet. Um, so, so yeah. The, uh, yeah, you can. Go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say it's gonna it's gonna be like the year 2060 before we'll get to Children of Dune and all that other time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, aren't there like a bazillion books? There's a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, looking at the list, uh, let's say okay. Let's we've we've talked about these movies, but let's let's go ahead and talk about the Power of the Dog and Coda. Uh, um, we already uh, did full episodes as far as recommends on this. Uh, the thing about both of these movies uh is uh, again the twitter effect right like it makes you think that nobody like nobody likes these movies and only a handful of people right. like them um uh i keep i keep seeing stuff about the power of the dog where it's like i don't know what they're where the what they're attacking really like it just doesn't <laughs> i don't i don't really get it um i guess there's some there's some cliche moments or whatever or some stuff that they don't i mean i guess they're they don't like the portrayals of homosexuals in this movie uh, for some reason. So I don't know. It's just, hmm. uh, it's, it's, um, I didn't think it was all that, that terrible. I mean, there were, there are some moments where you're like, okay, that might be a little bit hand but like the main knock I've seen on power of the dog is that it, that because it waits so long to, to give you the final puzzle piece, Mm-hmm. that the experience of waiting for the final puzzle piece is kind of boring. Like that's mm-hmm. the, because you're not completely aware of what you're supposed to be tuned into that the, you know, so that on rewatch, it's great. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. But because they wait so long to give you that final puzzle piece, um, the actual first viewing experience is kind of not great. That's, that's what I've heard. I actually enjoyed my first viewing experience of power of the dog. So, mm-hmm. um, but I did think that final puzzle piece really snapped everything into, um, you know, in the next level. So, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still on board as this being great. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I think everything, everybody is uh, performing at a high level here. And we have Jane Campion who, you know, has made some movies that we've heard of since the piano, but just had never had that career that, uh, that it, that seemed like was going to get launched after the piano, sort of a big comeback story for her and it's uh it's it, she's i mean this everybody's firing on all cylinders here the acting mm-hmm. is incredible um yep. the the cinematography of course is some of the best you'll see um but uh yeah i loved it it was one of those movies i told jeremy when i first saw it it was you know i was like before he watched it i said you're gonna be watching the first 30 minutes of this and you're gonna go what the hell is going on in this movie what is this i don't even mm-hmm. I, what i don't understand and then as it goes further along it really just draws you in because you're just like what is this movie about what is this what is where are we heading for this mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i i enjoyed it highly uh the same can be said for coda by the way Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on with coda like there's people who are like you can't nominate a, a hallmark movie for best picture well i think uh jeremy we had a moment early on after you had first seen coda where i passed on some of these complaints right when it came out the idea that it was too you know hallmarky and that it features the actual hearing characters the main character instead of the deaf character you know those kind of things 
Mm. And um, and you rightly push back on that. And I think there's there's there is. Well, I was still in tears (laughs) from (laughs) the end of that movie when you sent me that message. So I think the next day I was like, uh, I wouldn't have pushed back so hard if it had some time in between, Mm -hmm. because I do I do value those perspectives. Uh, go on, continue your point. No, 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 and that's that's all I was saying was there's there's kind of this interesting balance where everybody gets to have their perspective, everybody gets to have their opinion on these things. It's it's all fine, it's all valid. We all have different ways we view the world, right? Um, I think the the issue that comes is when we start uh, using those perspectives to diminish other people's um, views, have judgments about other people. Say you can't like something because I have this perspective on it, you know. Um, those kind of things. And I think... Yeah, well, I mean, again, all perspectives are valid. I get a little frustrated with hearing people saying something about its portrayal of deaf people for mm-hmm. one main reason, and that's Marley Matlin. Mm-hmm. And I have, yeah. There's there's probably no one in America in the last 30 or 40 years that has done more to promote deaf awareness um, and inclusion. And so if in my opinion, and maybe this is naive, if she is okay with this movie, I'm okay with this. As a person who's half deaf mm-hmm. and eventually probably will be mostly deaf, um, I also want to point out it's about the hearing character in a deaf family, and the movie is called Coda, mm-hmm. Child of Deaf Adult. Mm-hmm. That is what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. The movie is not about deaf people on the bayou, it's about mm-hmm. a child of deaf adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in that regard, they hit the mark in making the movie about the hearing person in that yeah. family. So, uh, but again, I, I can see all perspectives. I do see, not Hallmark for sure, because I feel like it bucks a lot of the trends sure. of these kinds of movies. But I do think there are maybe a couple of saccharine moments Um Maybe that's what these people are seeing when they say Hallmark. It's still one of my favorite and one of the best 2021 movies, in my yeah. opinion. So. Yeah, what is what is what do you think the internet, the so-called film Twitter, does want to win? By the way, because I, I actually read one one tweet that said, that's a "Great question. We don't agree with anything. So why are we talking? You know that you know, like the, none of the movies that come up seem to get. I think." overall they all wanna ha- you're right i think they all want to have some kind of like like individual take i think they all want to be able to say the best movie this year is drive my car and don't don't at me yeah <laughs> that they, they, they want somebody to go no the best movie was fast nine you know you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. blah 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 and it's that's because that's what twitter is it creates yeah both it creates both uh t- tiny what are they called like tribal communities yeah but also just Arguing, mm-hmm. arguing. That's why the po- most popular thing every single day is some guy going, hey, here's a bunch of shit from 1990 in the video store. Which one are you renting? Right. Everybody, it gets 100,000 likes because everybody <laughs> disagrees about which fucking movie on that shelf they would have rented. Well, you brought it up. Drive My Car, one of the more unique experiences that yeah. uh, you can have uh, in, uh, in this past year. Um, this is another movie where you're like, I'm not quite sure where this is going. Mm-hmm, totally. Um, it has, and of course it has a nearly 30 minute opening before the credits even start on it. Um, and it begins with this guy who is, uh, he's, he's in plays, he's doing a checkoff play. 
Um, and he, um, he ha- and he, he and his wife have an unusual relationship. It looks like, and we find out the, the true nature of it later on in the movie, but they have a very strange type of thing. And, and, and then when she dies, spoiler alert, that's like right off in the 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, it, it takes this direction of where he's, you know, now he's directing this play, he's getting involved with these actors, uh, and it has one of the most intense scenes towards the end when one of his actors tells him sort of the, the stuff that he experienced when, uh, he knew that guy's wife and everything. And this movie's mm-hmm. three hours long, but it really did feel like it actually earned that, that length by the end of it it's 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 a really good movie it's 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 a really great experience it is three hours long and you mentioned the the credits the credits to the movie come in 40 minutes in mm-hmm. 40 minutes uh into the movie um yeah. it it there's a lot of stage stuff here there's a lot of checkoff stuff here waiting for godot is uh, a big part of it. like there's so there's there's lots of references that you may or may not uh be aware of but even if you're just watching on a human level uh the movie is interesting compelling and uh i just i do think it justifies the the three hour uh runtime yeah and it's a and, and it's a very basic thing but you know he's lost a daughter and the the woman driving his car is the same age as 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 his daughter would have been mm-hmm. She has uh, lost her family, specifically her mom, but like there's, I guess her dad too. Uh, what was the dad? What was the situation with the dad? I can't remember. Um, do you remember, Aaron? What I don't. happened with her I dad? Don't. I know the mom, the mom is the one that they focus on right. the most uh, because uh, there's a, she's, she could have uh, helped her mom out mm-hmm. and didn't. Right. Um, but, um, but they have this relationship where it's like, yeah, I can see that I can see my daughter and you, and I can see, you know, you know, my long lost parent, uh, in, in you. And like, uh, they have this great relationship. Yeah. That movie is, uh, probably a little bit, uh, not under, under talked about whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, really, really good. Um, I, uh, I haven't seen that one 40 minutes before the credits. How many minutes before the Beatles song? Drive my car? <laughs> uh, it's after, oh, it that's a good in, question. It's after it rolls into the get back, uh, documentary mm-hmm. on uh, Disney plus. <laughs> yep. um, once yep. that, it rolls into that. You start to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, weirdly, no drive my car, but Eleanor Rigby is played. So yes, <laughs> very strange. Very strange. Yeah, when that very, very strange. That would be awesome. Um, uh, uh, let's see looking around let's find a box office movie shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and i know i'm not Ooh. saying that right uh but um it was the second place finisher in fact this was i don't think this is anything new in the past few years but we had five comic book movies in the top six of the top 10 this year there were no there were no originals in 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 the top 10 except for free guy and free guy of course has its own derivative type stuff even though i loved it but uh but shang chi uh a, an exciting new direction for marvel and then they, they of course they turn right around and then the eternals kind of like zapped all of that out <laughs> but uh but shang chi is exciting man that bus scene is going to is going to be talked mm-hmm. about for a long time i think uh 
just very well staged and and excited and like a really exciting action scene and uh uh i i i don't i don't know if i uh, liked every bit of it but i really enjoyed myself in that. i was gonna say too bad about that finale though <laughs> yeah um, that's the thing yeah. the bus scene is great there were a couple of fights uh, i think the the flashback fight yes, of him that's Kong my favorite Chi fighting the, the woman mm -hmm. is in the forest is outstanding but about halfway through it just kind of turns into unseasoned oatmeal for me and i did have a good time all in all i think that character has a bright future yeah yeah <clears throat> And, and yeah, just mentioning the Eternals, this, that movie, two hours and 38 minutes. Now I'm not including credits there, but that movie is forever. It just takes forever. Um, and I don't know what went wrong there. Um, I don't know what, what, I mean, first off for me though, the Eternals, there's just nothing, there's no superheroes or powered beings in this that I haven't seen before. Well, that's, and there's. I yeah. No, I just get so confused. The Eternals confused me because I'm like, you just got X-Men back. And now you're like doing a team of powered individuals who have different powers that echo like several of your, like, what are we doing here? Like, what is Marvel's goal here with the Eternals? It's, mm -hmm. it was a really strange one for me uh, in a the grander context. Yeah. And they went through so many different rules as for how, why they haven't been, uh, helping the Avengers out. And eventually none of that made any sense con considering what happens in this very movie. Uh, you know, they're, they're told not to interfere, but then they're always interfering. Mm -hmm. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're told that the whole reason why this, uh, the earth is even here is to birth this new eternal and they can't interfere with humans because they won't ever learn technology on their own only to find out that, they it never really they needed more humans at the end they like they you can't they said something about you can't interfere in their wars and stuff like that and it's like why not the whole reason for this earth is to have a bunch of humans to battery power this eternal at the end and and the human experience doesn't mean anything uh to the whole end goal mm -hmm. in this in this whole thing yeah so i just yeah i man talk man that movie jeez jesus god um <laughs> well it's funny it's funny you say that because it really is marvel's like uh bible story right mm -hmm. like the eternals really is about gods who created angels and demons and what that means to the humans you know like it's mm -hmm. it's the the parallels are are all there in the source material and they're certainly here uh, as well it's just so and the movie is as talky as a sermon at mm -hmm. times as well yeah. exposition mm -hmm. could have been the title of this movie mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yep um uh let's see let's go to king richard um mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. this is now i know when this movie came out uh both jeremy and i were like why not just make a movie about the Williams sisters, um, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and make them the main characters and everything. I understand. I understand, uh, the, uh, influence that their dad had in, in making them the stars they are and everything. I, th even after watching this though, and loving Will Smith's performance, I think he does a lot of subtle things in this that don't get really, don't really get picked up on just like posture and the way he mm -hmm. talks and, yeah. Uh, and, and, and he kind of, he kind of really does blend into this role. Like I, he's no, there's none of that 
big willy style type of thing that, that we we see in a lot of like earlier performances and things like that of course he's been this way for a while now he's he's grown as an actor so much uh it, it shouldn't be a surprise when he comes out with something like this but uh i thought he was fantastic i just kept thinking man i want to know what drives venus and i want to know what drives serena in this mm-hmm. because it seems like Richard is putting them in this position and, and, uh, and like, well, you know, we were told we were going to be tennis stars, so we're going to be tennis stars. And that's what it seems like it comes out, comes off in a way, except Venus does say, you know, she, she does say stuff like, you know, I have the game to play to, to win Wimbledon. I want people to be like me, all this other type of stuff. But, um, it just felt like, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I really did. I really liked it. Um, I, I was surprised how much I liked it in the end. Yeah. yeah. I think, go ahead, Aaron. I just, no, I had a really good time with it. Um, I think it, it tells the story really well. Um, it, it does focus on the, the parent character. And I, for me, I think one of the things I enjoyed most about it was the family aspect, just getting to know this family as a whole and kind of how they interact, or at least how the movie Obviously, we're talking about a real life family and versus what the movie is. Um, <clears throat> Anjanu Ellis is just mm. incredible in this. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe my favorite performance in the movie, and that's saying something because I really like Will Smith's performance. Um, but she is just so perfect and plays off him so perfectly. Um, you really get the sense of how much she is the strength and core of, you know, keeping him from becoming too over, you know, or allowing there to be. Um, you know, a little bit of um, grace in the situation. Um, and yet, you know, uh, allowing that that power distribution to be uh, more accurate as well. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the family dynamic of it and, and just enjoyed the watch. I think it's a fun watch, too. There's a lot of good, fun moments uh, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's- I'm not going to make any comparisons because they would be ridiculous, but it's hard. It's a hard watch for me. I enjoyed it. I did. Uh, and I think Will Smith is brilliant. Uh, it's probably the best I've ever seen him. Um, I don't think the movie is as good as he is. And what I know about the real life man makes it hard for me to embrace the tight knit family dynamic. Mm -hmm. This movie is showing me because even publicly, some of his other children have come out and said, well, yeah, this is why we never knew who he was, like, <laughs> because he was always with them, yeah. taking them to tennis practice. Yeah. Um, not children in that family, children with another woman. Um, complicated guy. I struggle with the title. I struggle with, like, like deifying this man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there might be, there might have been an opportunity to explore a more complex version of him mm-hmm. on film. Sure. Um, but I don't want to take away from that performance. I thought he was brilliant yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant uh let's go let's uh, keep it on some of these biopic stuff here being the ricardos and the eye as eyes of tammy faye um uh but and 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 it seems like this is always the the case with these kind of movies um that you know they're performance-based movies although i really enjoyed being the ricardos as a movie more than i did eyes of tammy faye mm. uh which has great performances 
But mm. being the Ricardos is sort of the return of Nicole Kidman for me. Like, uh, I mean, she's she does great work all the time, but like, it seems like there's. I was not expecting her to be a a good Lucille Ball. That's for sure. And and she was. She was in, and she's incredible in this. I'll tell you who sneaky deserves an Oscar. If I wasn't such an Andrew Garfield stand at this point for Tick, Tick, Boom, and it'd be Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. Uh, within 30 seconds of him speaking on screen, I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, well, I, again, he's not, neither of them are doing outright impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But there was a certain way to his speaking and his posture. I think in real life, he's a much bigger man than Desi Arnaz was, but he just, just like that kid in Solo, a Star Wars story, captured the spirit of Han Solo without necessarily looking like him and talking exactly like him. That's what happened with Javier Bardem and Nicole Kidman. Mm. This movie, I I like, it's mm. sneaky good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one of those that came out and... Uh, there were it was a lot of weird negative negativity about it, and then I watched it and I was like, "Well, this is pretty good. This is actually a pretty good movie." I know yeah. I know that Sorkin over the years has gotten a lot of flack for his kind of style and, and everything, but and 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 some of that is warranted. But I think this is a this is a really this is really good. These are people who would. These are people who would talk like that, who would at least have the capability to be that quick mm-hmm. and think that quick. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I love that moment when somebody says, is she joking? And she says, I'm Lucille Ball. You'll know when I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Like the movie is full of stuff like that that just rings true, mm-hmm. um, even if it's Sorkinized. Um, yeah. I, uh, a movie has possibly my favorite line in the entirety of uh 2021 um it's 10 15 somewhere uh mm-hmm. which <laughs> just slayed me um I, sorkin is just I, he's got my number i don't know how else to say it like i just i love the way he writes i love you know the elevation that he allows his characters to you know operate on um and uh and that's just gonna that's gonna pop it up a notch for me almost every time i think for some people they are tiring of it you know they're tiring of the sorkin thing and um and i get it i you know once you once you see enough of something you start to see the seams and you start to see the patterns and the the formulas um and uh, you know that's fine i still had a, a great time and i think it's great performances and um yeah the end is uh ridiculous but it's also awesome <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. so it's, like you just kind of have to choose you know yeah and uh the eyes of tammy faye is, uh, is another testament to the great jessica chastain yeah who is, yeah it is uh who's of course super in this movie um uh I, again i'm not i'm not a big fan of the movie per se but like she is great in it and one thing that I liked about this is because I was a kid when all this happened, when the the uh, Jim Baker and all that mm-hmm. uh, went down, and I did not know that she was such an advocate for gay rights mm-hmm. uh, and everything. I did not. I, I had totally that totally went over my head uh, back then. I didn't know that, that. I mean, that's how bold was that back in the eighties yeah. to be you doing know, that. Yeah. It's it's interesting. The movie touches on this too, but we, we often associate the, uh, you know, the religious persecution of homosexuality and homophobia and those kind of things. 
but it wasn't as cut and dry at one. It really was the political aspect of that that really locked it in for especially the American uh, religious right. You know, when that became a political movement, then it was mm-hmm. like, here are all the things that we believe. And, you know, um, and I'm not disconnecting it from how people have interpreted, you know, their religion, their scripture or whatever. I'm just saying mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the the ability to have a little more freedom and nuance with how you felt about your fellow human being has really changed with the politi- uh, the politics of it all. Uh, and this mm-hmm. this movie really emphasize, emphasizes that with the Falwell character and, and those kind yeah. of things in a really good way. Mm-hmm. I just think it's too bad that's one of the only good things about a character. I mean, this is a fall from grace story, right? Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, uh, correct me if you disagree, I think in the beginning they both are fairly authentic mm-hmm. about what they believe and and how they want to go about ministry. And by the end, it seemed very clear that they care about money more than anything. Mm-hmm. And that, I think the movie does a good job over time of showing how it corrupts them slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, curiously, probably intentionally coinciding with her increasing makeup usage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I have read a quote from her, interestingly, that at the Oscars, she's planning to skip the red carpet and be inside for the makeup awards that will be taped ahead of the show to support the team for the hmm. makeup artists that are hmm. nominated for that movie, nice. which I think is fascinating. The makeup is clearly a part of who she was as a person, but the way it evolves in this movie, I think mirrors the way her soul is evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like it as a whole as much as I liked the performances. Um, again, Andrew Garfield, if, if he wasn't in Tick, Tick, Boom, I would probably have been raving about this performance <laughs> mm-hmm. because he's really good here. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And, and we don't get a chance to see much into him. This is all from her perspective, for, and that's what the movie is. <laughs> movie's title is even about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's really good. Might as well go ahead and start talking about Tick, Tick, Boom since Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. this was Andrew Garfield's year. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, in so many high profile, uh, movies, but, uh, this was, uh, the movie that we all got to see together and yeah. uh, the old, at the bell court. And, um, and uh, I didn't know what to expect from it, but, uh, uh, I really, really enjoyed this. This was just a lot of fun. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, I, d- I didn't know a lot about the story about Jonathan Larson's so, and I didn't know mm. about anything before rent, you know, rent was the only thing that I really knew from him. So mm-hmm. to know that he was working on this and all the different things that you have to endure, I, I knew it would probably be hard to get a, a play or a musical on Broadway, but I didn't realize all the hoops that you had to jump yeah. through to do it and everything. So um this is a very interesting i i think this is a great uh uh look at the creative process mm-hmm. 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 yeah i uh i came out of that a little bit jaded we stood out there talking and i was like the movie's message is keep trying but this guy that kept trying was a once in a generation talent um but i've watched it a couple more times since and i've softened a lot on on that being mm-hmm. its true message um, I do oddly think if Garfield wasn't, was, was 10% worse, <laughs> I would like the whole movie more. Interesting. But because he is so good, it ends up making me feel like most of the other performers around him hmm. aren't on his level. Mm-hmm. Even though I think they're probably doing great. It's just, I, I, I've told you guys enough. I don't think I've seen a performance in years that was this electric mm-hmm. 
Um, and I love the story. Manuel cast him before anyone, even Andrew, knew if he could sing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he took all these lessons and practices and finally one time belted something out and Lynn was hanging out in the back secretly and came running up and said, Andrew, you can sing. <laughs> um, and he can. Um, I just, I, I love him in this movie mm. so much. It breaks my heart that he's not winning more awards. Uh, maybe in a different year, he would be a lock. Mm-hmm. It just feels like that kind of performance. Uh, but I, I think ultimately not enough people saw the movie. Yeah. Can be. Uh, you are right, though. I mean, when you first see him on this, this is this is like he just came. There's there's a new gear. One that's one thing, but it's there's just sort of a lot of extra nuances and extra actory things that he seamlessly puts in this performance that yep. that you're like, okay, I I like Andrew Garfield, but I didn't know he had that in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. like that. Um, yeah. staying on the music. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, my thoughts on Tick, Tick, Boom are, you know, all over the place. You can find out how much I love this movie. But the thing I keep coming back to is some of the directing choices that Lin-Manuel makes uh, in this movie seem like they should not work, and yet somehow they do. There's this beautiful uh, parody of a relationship uh, marriage song that's just very purposefully satirical and over the Mm. top. And he finds a way to counterpoint that with actual marriage drama in what that or relationship drama i should say and what that looks like it should not work that song should not be able to be the background to that dramatic of a of a moment of the movie and yet somehow he pieces it together in a way that actually works and the movie Mm. is full of those choices his his decision to use uh the two soloists for that final song that you know the last piece of his you know, puzzle that he's putting this musical together and the idea of using the real life person and then the the singer who's doing the musical to have a duet that is the same person. And mm-hmm. like, it's yeah. just uh, just choices like that throughout this movie that um, there's a lot of brilliance here uh, that, that I, I really appreciate. So, yeah. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Listen, you never know what might make you a little bit on edge. Uh, when you go to therapy, right? You know, your therapist might have a big waiting room with strangers in it or old magazines. Um, <clears throat> it might be a noise outside their window that bugs you and keeps you from focusing. A therapist I went to three or four years ago, about three sessions in, I realized that I'm pretty sure I'm sitting in his chair and he's sitting where I and most of the other patients would sit. So I say in the middle of the session, is this your chair? Am I supposed to be sitting over there? And he says, sit wherever you're comfortable. And from that point on, I never really knew. He never answered. And I always kept sitting in that one chair, but I'm still pretty sure that was like his chair. Uh, You don't have to worry about those kinds of little things that get in the way of therapy when you use a service like BetterHelp. BetterHelp has helped almost 3 million people get Help from professional licensed therapists from the comfort of their own home. You can do chat. You can do messages. You can do phone. You can do video calls. You can wear pajamas. You can wear formal wear. You can have the window down. You could sit outside on your patio if you have decent Wi-Fi. Uh, the point is that BetterHelp allows the environment to be 100% comfortable for you. And you set the parameters on how you're going to do therapy. Do you want to type it? Do you want to say it over the phone without having to look at faces? Do you need to look at faces to connect with people? It is entirely up to you. If you go to betterhelp.com slash right now, you can get up to 10%. No, you get 10% off 
your first month. Uh, and that is not nothing. Uh, that is betterhelp.com slash recotopia, R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A. Therapy from licensed professional therapists in the comfort of your own home. Uh, we can we can stay on Lin Manuel and talk about In the Heights, yeah. uh, r- uh, briefly too. Um, uh, the, the the I guess the the one thing that he was known for before Hamilton uh, uh, came out. And uh, what did we think of this? Because this was uh, this was another one of the WB uh, HBO Max came out mm-hmm. with this, and uh, and then it uh, came out in theaters for I guess a bit, but. Did it come out? It came out in theaters a little bit, didn't it? I, did, was I don't just, remember. I, it's, or was it just HBO Max? I don't remember. I definitely know it was on HBO Max uh, if it did come That's out in theaters. That's how I saw it. Because so, I know yeah. that, uh, yeah, I think it did come out in theaters at least for a couple weeks. But um, uh, but what did we think of this? I, I, I really enjoyed the musical numbers, but did, was there something maybe possibly missing from this a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. I don't know that I would say much more than that. A couple of the numbers I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that one where the whole neighborhood is honoring that old woman. Yeah. Um, I forget what the Alabanza or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Abuela. Yeah. Abuela. Abuela. Abuela Claudia. Um, that song is awesome. That mm-hmm. whole number is great. I just didn't get that same sensation for all of them or mm. all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I uh, In the Heights for me was really fun. I enjoyed the musical numbers. I, I loved what it was doing. Uh, I loved kind of the message of it. For me, I think a lot of the movie feels, you can feel how the actual stage musical was pieced together. In the, like you can kind of mm-hmm. feel the seams and there's some missing character arcs and some weird relationship stuff that happens too quickly uh yeah so mm-hmm. there's there's a well that's because you tell a story on stage differently yeah, right exactly. you're, on stage yeah. you're able to accept a romance blossoming that quickly it even happens in hamilton there's like one song and then they're in love for forever uh, and that is <laughs> that makes it's easier to swallow it makes more sense mm-hmm. in that environment in a film but i think you're right i think you hit it on the head that, that they, they mostly followed the stage directions Mm -hmm. uh, a story and and that's why on film it feels a little bit weird yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so overall i I mean some of those numbers are incredible that pool scene where they're all wanting to win the lottery the pool scene is amazing it's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh keeping it on musicals west side story remake from steven spielberg uh before this movie came out uh and and even after watching it and liking it i'm like you know why why do we make this why do we make this movie Mm -hmm. Um, however, if you're going to watch this, you're going to see Steven Spielberg at his best since in a long time. Uh, Mm. you, you just don't see movies like this anymore from a guy who's got all the power, basically, who can just, who can makes a studio film his own. Uh, and, and there, there's just, uh, electric camera work, electric performances, the songs still play. Uh, I, I don't know. Ansel Elgort's kind of a weird, uh, uh, <laughs> person to see in this movie. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if he's all that good in it really. I didn't really, he's fine. Uh, he's, fine. He's, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's fine. Everybody else uh, is but amazing. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think Rachel Zegler is really good in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and somehow they shut her out of the Oscar ceremony. I don't understand that, that was at weird. all. Yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, this is really good. I, I I found myself enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, Riff is amazing. Uh, one of my favorite performances in the movie. Um, yeah, I think the performances all around are great. Some of the some of the shots are god level in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so mm-hmm. much fun to watch the camera work and the cinematography that's going on here. Um, yeah, I uh, I really really enjoyed it. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, I just can't get over the unnecessariness. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's hard to... And anything you say to me... Okay, I have seen this movie because Chris wrote to me, I don't know, a week or so ago and said, by the way, West Side Story, really good. And um, it is. It's great. Mm-hmm. It looks God-level shots. The choreography, which I don't even know how much Spielberg had to do with that. The dance choreography was one of the things... Yeah, that yeah. And he, he hired probably the best person he could find to yeah. do that. That's for sure. Um, and uh, I, no matter what positive thing you say to me about this movie, I'm always going to counter mm-hmm. with, but why? Why did it need to exist? Sure. Why couldn't he have done, why couldn't he have taken that talent and those God-level shots and hired that choreographer and made something new? <laughs> uh, because despite one or two really uncomfortable production choices, the original stands just fine. Mm-hmm. It, like, it holds up just fine. So... Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, Unnecessarily great. It's also interesting. I would also mention the Sondheim thing was interesting, too, that he passed away, like, right when Tick, Tick, Boom, which is features Sondheim as a character in the movie, mm-hmm, and right. then West Side Story comes out. You know, it's like, what an, what an interesting uh, time to kind of honor him in such, like, visual, real ways uh, as yeah. he kind of left us. So, yeah. Uh, let's look at some uh, really unusual experiences in... Uh, in theaters this year let's do it licorice pizza uh paul thomas anderson's movie uh i okay i loved licorice pizza yeah but Mm. but it's one of those movies where you're never sure what is going on ever (laughs) it is it's 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 one of those where like a character you'll be like oh he wants this from his life and after about 10 minutes that the, the they're in the next scene and it's something completely different mm-hmm. the next time yeah um and uh and so he's he made this uh he made this believable romance but that's icky because he the uh the Ho- like hoffman character is like what 16 in this 15 movie or i something? think yeah and she's like 20 something 23, or whatever 23 or yeah. 24 yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it's got that element to it but they i don't think they ever like really consummate it or anything it's just kind of a not that we see but it's just kind <laughs> of a yeah exactly aaron's thinking about the stuff that's happening off screen. always i think uh, you have to I think you have yeah to. yeah um but i really enjoy this and that bradley cooper uh cameo is it's so hilarious. good <laughs> it's really so funny. So funny in this, um, but uh, oh man, you 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 don't have anything else to say about it, Aaron? Uh, sure, yeah. Licorice Pizza was um, very well crafted. Pizza is obviously just kind of digging into kind of his own past and nostalgia for that time period. Um, I I think if I'm understanding correctly, that character is kind of based on a few people, including himself, and in mm-hmm. uh, in many ways. Um, I think the movie overall for me suffers from not only the the age gap thing, which I did have a hard time kind of getting over, um, but also there's some weird uh, like racial stuff in this where a character who is admittedly we're supposed to hate, like we're supposed to hate mm-hmm. that he's being so racist or whatever, 
but it's handled in a way that it's we're also supposed to laugh at it. And mm-hmm. I did get a chance actually to see this uh, when I was in New York uh, in a full theater. And I'm not I was uncomfortable with the laughter that was happening during those those racial scenes because it felt like we were laughing because it's funny to do a funny accent and not yeah. people weren't laughing. Should you even be laughing? Shouldn't you just be like that person's horrible? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was one of those weird movie experiences. And I know that shouldn't define a movie, um, but it was definitely uh, worth mentioning. And I do have uh, some of my um, Asian-American critic friends have also called out those scenes and just said, you know, that's mm-hmm. we have to do better at how we portray racism and that we're not. Uh, they, they almost call it like a racist gaze. Like you hear of like the male gaze, you know, that kind yeah, of thing yeah, like yeah. where. Where it's not that the that you know the the director or whatever storyteller is being racist, it's just that it is emphasizing a part of us that is uh, given to racism. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I found all that interesting to talk about. Well worth kind of educating ourselves on. Um, the movie itself is, I mean, PTA knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell a story. He knows how to bring characters. I think Hoffman is going to be a talent to watch. Um, mm-hmm. he, I think he's really good in this movie. Um, and uh, Haim is also really good. And yeah. I think if I were to praise one main thing about the movie, I just think it's like real people. I love seeing movies yeah. that feel like those are just real people. Uh, and this yeah. is definitely that. Yeah. Because, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely no baggage with these two main characters. Uh, and mm. all the all the star wattage goes into like cameo appearances. So they're mm-hmm. just, you know, so yeah, these people really do feel like, you know, people that you hung at, you could hang out with yeah. or whatever. So yep, it's, totally. uh, it's great. The other, uh, by the way, uh, chat is making some good points about West side story. I don't want to go into chat too much today because we're, we're going through a bunch of movies, but West side story did have the unfortunate, uh, problem in 1961 of discluding people <laughs> when it was coming to, well, the, and then making, one of the authentic people they cast lighten her skin, yeah, uh, or darken her skin. I think darken, darken her skin, yeah, darken her skin. Sorry, I yeah. think I, I think the I think the point still stands though. We we just wish there were more original stuff, like more. Just let's do something we haven't done before. Yeah, but, that would be my clarification. I totally get that the new one offers an opportunity for people who can't stomach the original, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that that's there for them. Uh, and and I think that's the best defense for why the movie was made was mm-hmm. that there were some issues that were able to be corrected yeah um, so yeah i did not mean to speak too bluntly and uh <laughs> no no we're yeah I, I i just wanted to acknowledge that and it's not really about who's right or wrong it's just that uh just yeah. wanted to bring that up um the another unusual experience is the green knight uh <laughs> and uh <laughs> And uh, uh, I, this is one of the most beautiful movies of the year. It's also, what the fuck was this movie about, man? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I just watched this movie two days ago. Yeah. yeah. No, yesterday. Yesterday. This is the opposite of a movie that Jeremy should love. <laughs> but this movie has bored into my soul. Yeah. Like, like I think I know what it's about. I don't mm. I don't know. I do think it should have been called The Last Temptation of Sir Gawain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. supposed to be funny because mm-hmm. the ending is so similar. <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke. Okay. Um, it, it would have been funnier if it weren't so true. That's the problem. It was just way yeah, too it's true. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I do think it relies on that trick that Last Temptation sort of you know, perfected. Uh, 
it's full of what the fuck visuals. I don't know about the giant naked women mm. holding babies who mm-hmm. sing the sound. I don't. I don't. But I was there for it, man. I was riveted by that entire experience. I- and... It's just to me. I what? Go ahead. No, I was just. I was just going to get into the the naked lady thing. I was. <laughs> I, I I I thought that the main reason why. I mean, I mean, it looks like they're that they're going to go in for the kill, right? They're just ants on a hill to the to 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 them when they see it. But I also thought that there was something to it where he could not make the easy choice to to. He he couldn't ride the eagles right to to get to uh, to the mountain. He right. He you know it was one of those things where he was asking for a ride on someone's back, and mm-hmm. and the movie is saying no no you're here for the adventure you're here to be an adult now. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't about you know you taking shortcuts and every time he tries to take a shortcut in this movie, something happens something bad happens to him. So uh, I thought that was really cool, although it does, I mean, even with that, it still leaves you with this, what the fuck was that? You know, even after all of that, you know, and I'm probably completely wrong about what I thought that was. I think it's, I think it's a mood movie. Um, I think if it doesn't hit you, it doesn't hit you. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's for everyone. For me, what I saw was you, you can't. You can't escape the consequences of your choices. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand the choice he makes in the beginning, other than the you know the boasting he gets to do afterwards, and you know sort of the fame and pride he kind of feels. Uh, but you know he knows when he makes that choice, it's going to come with a consequence. And then a lot of the movie is about him thinking maybe I could get out of this somehow. I'm not fully committed to paying for paying the price I said I would. And I do love that the the last temptation stuff. Try not to spoil it, but I guess that's a spoiler. Last <laughs> temptation. I do love that that sequence is like twenty minutes, and it's like I don't think there's a single line of dialogue. There is the entire time, um, and it just I don't know. I think I went in really skeptical, and was found myself pulled in by the visuals mm-hmm. at first, and then. Uh, his performance, I thought, was was really good. His performance yeah. is great. There are mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more than I expected. There are yeah. uh, several uh, long stretches with no dialogue. Uh, some of them more interesting than others. Uh, one one th- <laughs> yes. one thing that that my experience with this movie is uh, different, I think, than most people's. In that, I I think it was very much in your boat, Jeremy, after watching it the first time. I, th- I felt like it kind of owned me, the visuals. I was like, I don't even know why, but I really think I loved this movie. Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's showing me things I've never seen before. It's interesting, making choices. Then I watched it a second time and I was bored out of my mind. I was like, mm. uh, when, do, when do we get to, you know, this part or this part? Because this movie... As as beautiful as it is, it lingers. I mean, there it's... are long stretches of walking and nothing happening. And I was like, yeah. oh, why did... It's very Terrence Malicky. Yes, in that way. yes. That is a great, I think, yeah. comparison. Mm. Uh, Terrence Malicky. In, in that way. Uh, yes, there's a lot of Malicky mar- malarkey uh in this one um so yeah no so i i it didn't reverse my opinion completely it just gave me a different perspective uh on the film and i still think the stuff that is impacting is is great is beautiful and i do think that that final sequence is 
is really interesting. I I think the movie is actually about in in a weird way parenting. It's about the idea of making your kids like go, like get out of here, mm-hmm. do life, figure yourself out. Um, I think that's you know the movie sets that up and pays that off um, more than any other theme that I saw um, because his his mom is behind it all. Um, and you mm-hmm. know everything that happens, all the choices um, she puts it into you know into play um but uh but yeah it lessened my appreciation just a little bit just because i i think the movie is a little full of itself at times with those lingering shots but um but i still come away really respecting uh kind of what it's hey, going it was for. an a24 well there you go so, yeah. mm-hmm. yep uh, another unusual experience was Pig. Uh, that's uh, I believe mm. that was on Prime when it uh, first op- when it came out. Right, that was the it's uh, or was it? Uh, was I don't it remember. Hulu? I think it was in theaters first, was and it? then it came to streaming later. And I don't remember which service, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, um, I I did see this on a, a streaming service. I didn't see it in theaters, mm-hmm. but um, but. Uh, you know, Nicolas Cage does so many movies these days that from what we're told is to pay off massive amounts of tax debt from what I understand. <laughs> um, uh, and, and of course, every once in a while, one of these is going to hit, right? Like one out of every five of these movies he makes a year, which mostly is just playing off the fact that he's insane or whatever when he's, <laughs> when he's a performer. Um, uh, you know eventually hits and pig i think is one of those movies like it's funny to me though before i saw this movie i saw a trailer for it um and i was like i it was actually at the belcourt so i think the belcourt did play this movie um we i saw a trailer for this in front of a bunch of people and we was like we've event we've now hit a point with nicholas cage where he does so many insane so many insane movies that a movie about him chasing after a truffle pig doesn't even get a guffaw in the audience because we're just used to this being his thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, in some unusual narrative. Of course, this movie is way more than him, you know, j- you know, just looking for his pig. Although that's the driving force for this for this whole right. thing. But w- a movie that just uh, that this this just didn't feel like it was going to be a great movie and it ends up being very very good oh man i am scared to watch pig you're scared to watch it is that what you said yes oh okay mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't i haven't seen it i'm afraid <laughs> I, I think you'll be okay um i man it's worth it it's an incredible film um I, I was not expecting to like it as much as I, I do. There's a, a scene in a restaurant that uh, is up there with my favorite scenes of the year. Um, mm-hmm. The Just the way it talks about uh, life in the pursuit of passion and uh, meaning we find in our work uh, is, man, it's just, it's really powerful stuff. It's, there's some weird here too. There's some things that happen mm-hmm. here that I'm like, wait what there's a chef fight club uh like what what is what is is this like you know like uh so so it definitely has a little bit of weirdness to it but overall i think the emotional stuff the relational stuff uh his love for this truffle pig it feels genuine it doesn't feel dumb it doesn't feel ridiculous it feels like a like a real thing and i think the the movie gives you all the pieces you need in the places you need those pieces to understand what he's doing and what he's going through um yeah i i think this is a a brilliant film i think it's made really really well i think i know what jeremy is worried about though and 
to even discuss what it might be that he is worried about would possibly spoil it. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it does have that element in it, uh, where you're, where you're worried about that. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of animation. We have uh, we have uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which <laughs> I, it seems like uh, this is the second day in a row I get to talk about <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, um, our Sin Club uh, members did, will will uh, get a chance to see us talk about that Sins video soon. So yeah. Yes. Uh, what did you think about this, Aaron? What is this? What is this movie? To I really you? like it. I you know there's I think when it came out uh, I mentioned something about how formulaic disney gets with their animated films and yet at the same time a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is formulaic and i still love peanut butter and jelly every time i eat mm -hmm. it and that's kind of how i feel about a lot of this disney stuff is the formula works and i you know i connect to what's going on here um so yeah i i enjoyed uh, ryan the last dragon i thought it was funny i thought visually it was interesting to watch um and yeah i had a good time with it yeah i thought it was okay yeah like mm -hmm. i didn't regret having watched it but i didn't come away going that was great I'm right watch it a sure. bunch of times yeah so yeah. yeah um the the one that i probably like the most is the mitchells versus the machines mm -hmm. um that that Indeed. one was just a whole lot of fun uh for me uh Lord that was Miller. on net yeah yeah exactly uh this was netflix it I was believe. yep um but just a whole bunch of fun uh in this um uh what did you guys think about this Loved it. I loved it. I I actually am dying to get back to it. I only saw it one time, but it's still in my top ten movies of the year, just in terms of what I enjoyed the most. Um, really inventive, really clever stuff. Uh, really unique story. Uh, I don't remember too many specific details, except I got to go back to it and watch it again. I, I remember thinking it was great. It is great. I, I love how it uses filmmaking as a plot device. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I love that, you know, it kind of, because there is, I'm sure we have, but I don't remember seeing such a focus on that kind of you know, thing that, that has happened throughout time of like the kid who's just like, I just want to make movies. Like I just am, you know, passionate about this idea of cutting stuff together. And, um, and it just handles it as such a beautiful part of, of what's going on and how it talks about creativity and, and all that kind of stuff and the, the dangers of modern technology and getting lost in social media, all that stuff is here. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we're, it's a, I don't think we're going to go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think we're going to talk about Ron. Uh, Ron's gone wrong. It is basically the better version of Ron's gone, gone wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I enjoy Ron's gone with, wrong too. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to agree with one of our commenters. Uh, I read this uh, article the other day, yesterday, uh, the same as Tom did about how Lord Miller apparently went out of their way in every single frame to avoid convention, to avoid formula. Mm -hmm. It was one of the. It was either the director or one of the other producers was talking about what an eye-opening experience it was yeah. to work with Lord and Miller and how they approach uh, that thing. And I think that attention to detail and that care kind of shows on screen for that. Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, uh, Encanto, uh, which is mm. probably the. Uh, I guess it's the front runner to win animation. The only Best place time. where it didn't win animated is the Critics' Choice. We went with Mitchell's versus the Machines. Uh, everywhere else, mm. Encanto has won. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're gonna do that stupid bruno song at the office <laughs> <laughs> you know and a lot of people love that song jeremy right like, like 
Okay, my, okay. Let's say it's the best song ever. Right. It's not the song nominated Correct. from that movie. Correct. They don't have time to show you the makeup awards, but they're going to do an unnominated <laughs> musical number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These people are chasing ratings, and they're chasing ratings because ratings equals better ad dollars. Mm-hmm. Just greedy. Just do the awards for people who care about them, and make the show actually interesting. I still think my uh, my Twitter joke about missing Billy Crystal because he would do "We don't talk about Bronco" in honor of uh, Power of the Dog. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, Encanto, I think this was a little bit better than I thought it would, would be too, uh, when I first saw it, when I saw trailers for it, because the trailers didn't really give me a good sense of what this movie was really about mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, I guess that's a Disney hallmark, but, um, but I, I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I did like it, um, uh, overall. Um, I liked it too. Uh, Aaron's going to reach through the screen and choke me, but I would love it. I would love it if Lynn could do the music for a movie, one movie, where there's not a song where somebody lickety split raps. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of his thing, I feel like but yeah. I, I know it's his thing, but I, it's like, it's starting to get a little M. Night with the twist endings for me. Sure. Like. Well, that's Every time I'm... somebody starts rapping the back of the book, back mm-hmm. of the back of the book, black yeah. of the black of the, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fascinating to mm-hmm. people who want to pause it and follow along. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> I liked Encanto. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like Encanto <laughs> as well. Um, I think the the songs are great. Uh, one thing I love is how Lin Manuel always has the quick rap uh, in one of his songs. It's one of my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I did love Encanto. Um, though. I, I did not see Luca. Uh, what did you think about that? Lucas, man, this this era of Pixar is really interesting because I think there was this moment where it's like, okay, we're going to alternate between original stuff and sequels, right? And they did that mm-hmm. for a while. And now they're just like, no, we want to do original stuff. And so the last several have all been original films. And I kind of like that they're being more art house. Luca, it does not look like any other Pixar movie looks. Um, it's, it's really a a beautiful allegory for coming out as an adolescent. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that stuff is, is uh, done really, really well. And as a movie, just like on the page surface level, it's fine. It's fun. It's clever. It's interesting. But the deeper stuff is why I I go back to Luca, which is the case with a lot of Pixar stuff, the themes Mm -hmm. and such. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's round out the top 10 of the box office here and get all those out of the way. Free Guy, another movie that I think was, uh, uh, better than I was expecting. Although I remember when the trailer came out, Jeremy was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 but I put it into my veins. Uh, and I had a bad feeling about this movie. Yeah. But this is this is uh, one of the more delightful experiences I've had watching a movie this year. Um, uh, it's just it's just one of those one of those type of things. Ryan Reynolds at his very best in this, his comic best. Um, uh, really like Jodie Comer in this. Um, but I just like the whole idea of that video game world and what what they're doing with it and. Uh, and, uh, what it, you know, the, of course the, the movie is all about <laughs> corporate greed and Taika Waititi is in this, this is, as a, a, a hilarious game publisher, uh, and everything. But, uh, I just had a lot of fun in this, especially when, 
Reynolds gets, you know, he's got that whole, I'm going to prove to everybody that we are living in this world. And he gets hit by the car or whatever. And he's there forever. And then he's like, Officer Johnny! There's so many unexpected laughs like that. The places that I was worried about that the trailer hinted at, those aren't where the big laughs are anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, They saved almost all the best moments for the film. Um, so yeah, I really, really liked it. Definitely still in my top 10 of 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like free guy a lot. Uh, Sean Levy is, uh, I I think he's someone to watch, especially as he continues to collab with, with Ryan Reynolds. I think they just announced he's doing Deadpool three. Uh, Sean Levy is going to direct. So, and they did that Adam project together. Have either of you seen Mm -hmm. the Adam project? Uh, okay it's it's not as good as free guy but it's still really fun it's really it's so weird though everywhere i go people are bring that movie up like Mm -hmm. people are seeing it like i mean it's a lot of people number quote quote unquote number one on netflix for ever since it came out so yeah um venom let there be carnage the surprise third place movie of the year uh in the box office and now now jeremy's rubbing his hands together in glee i maniacal hated this movie i hated it so much and i and i and i you know look i got it i I, I enjoyed that first one a lot. Like it was so dumb that it was fun. But this one, this one graded. At least it was an hour and a half. I was gonna right? say, at least it was nice, quick movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so anyway, Jeremy oh, wax poetic about Venom. Let there be carnage. All in. Uh, Tom Hardy is all in, and that is why this works. If mm-hmm. he was even ten percent phoning it in. I don't think I would enjoy this a- mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but he seems to believe it. And that's enough for me. I love the interactions between Venom and, and his character, the conversations they have, like the disagreements they constantly have. The, I don't That moment when Carnage finally reveals himself Mm. And Venom goes, oh no, that is a red one. And he like runs away. Like I just, the personality they've developed there, I feel like, again, I even wrote sins for this. And I wrote a joke that said, you know, there's this moment early on, you're either in or out from mm-hmm. this moment on. And, and I'm in. Uh, the, they took the insanity of the first one, doubled down, made it short and sweet, the fight is essentially the same as the fight in the first movie at the end, mm-hmm. where they even get temporarily turned into humans and have to fist fight because their venom things are all vibrated or whatever. <laughs> um, but I don't care. I have watched it probably three times. Mm-hmm. I have so much fun. <laughs> um, and I, I, it's, I don't even think it's as bad as some other movies I enjoy, like Vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think there's something there. It's just, it's like kombucha. It's like you either <laughs> enjoy the taste of it or you don't, right? Like It's an acquired taste. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jeremy. I, I really had fun. I just kind of gave myself to it um, in the, the uh, annals of history. The comedic duels, uh, duos will be listed. 
Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy, and Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Uh, he <laughs> he is so good playing against himself in this movie that it just makes it for me. I just have so much fun with their banter and what they're doing that I almost just forget to care about actual good movie making um, because I'm having so much fun. So, yeah. Well, and they've made so much money. They're not going to stop no, now. No, that's um, true. What's sad to me is it seems like they're going to keep the way this, this movie, uh, the way a different movie ends, it seems like there's going to be a venom in the Holland universe, Spidey, but it probably won't be Tom Hardy, which is disappointing. Yeah. I'm sure it's a rights issue, but because uh, Tom Hardy's been killing yeah. it. I don't know if you can get somebody who's going to. Maybe Andrew Garfield would throw himself <laughs> there you into go. it there you even go. more. Mm -hmm. Speaking of people who don't care about good filmmaking anymore, <laughs> F9, The Fast Saga. We'll talk about this very briefly. I have. I've basically forgotten this movie already, but I just know that John Cena was in it and he played a bad guy and Charlize Theron plays a bad guy. And I have <sighs> defended Fast and Furious movies in the past. This movie is terrible. This is a terrible is. movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's awful. Let's not waste any but it, breath. But it was fifth at the box office. At of fourth, at fourth was Black Widow, uh, the movie that I think they Marvel just made as a token. Uh, because everybody was saying, why didn't she get her own movie in the first place? And mm -hmm. then they sort of weirdly constructed this, like, well, this is what happened before Infinity War, and we'll we'll plug this in as a as a thing. But uh, one thing that I, that I took out of this, now I liked it, okay, but Florence Pugh uh can just be in anything absolutely now. Mm. and and mm -hmm. and and she's got and she's got this huge like online presence too with all the stuff that she does on there she's yep. wonderful she's absolutely yes, she wonderful um so i'm glad that black widow was able to bring florence Pugh into the fray yep. uh because uh because she's so so good and i like the family dynamic in this but uh you know um uh, overall this was an it was an okay movie for mm -hmm. me i didn't think it was all that that, that bad but, yeah um uh let's see what else is on this list oh yes uh quiet place part two uh mm. a movie that got pushed back a bunch and uh i was a little worried about this but this ended up being maybe if not as good as the original pretty close to it do you think? Do you think it's pretty yeah, close? I, I, I think yeah. Quality wise, I think they both kind of land uh, in the same place. I think the second one uh, adds some depth to the world building. Um, mm -hmm. The first one has the uh, advantage of being fresh and new, and we've not seen anything like this. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. That stupid kid, man. I hate that freaking <laughs> He's kid. He's so dumb. He's so dumb. He's such a dumb kid. He's the yeah. dumbest kid. God damn. It's true. You're not wrong. I love the movie, You're not wrong. but I hate that fucking kid. Yeah. Um, uh, this is an interesting, so Ghostbusters Afterlife was ninth at the box office. Um, Ooh. this is an interesting, uh, uh, dynamic because this movie made the same amount as the last ghostbusters did the the one that everybody said mm -hmm. wasn't good uh, but i mean it actually wasn't very good but the, a lot of people who brought who, it brought a lot of people out of the woodwork to say mm -hmm. it was because it was all women um but this movie made the same amount of money and yet everybody seemed to love this and maybe there's a maybe there's a, a pandemic reason why this movie only made the same amount of money as that last one did but is it I really very i have a very cynical viewpoint on this uh-huh 
it's not fronted by four females. What? I think that was at least 20%. Oh, I see what you're saying. The backlash on the previous one was like some undercover sexism in the film fan base. I also think the other cynical thing is it has the guy's kid making this movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Paul Rudd. Like, you put Paul Rudd in a movie, automatically, like 10% people like it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because he's there. So I I didn't see much of a quality jump between the previous one and this one. Not enough for the vast difference in opinion between the two. I think there's... This one, to me, feels a little more uh, grounded. I know that's a weird thing to say, but grounded in the world of the original. If this one had focused just on the family and hadn't done what we've called the ice capades thing, which is done here in this movie as well, um, I think it would have been a better movie. I kind of dug the new Ghostbusters, the kids, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Girl Good at Math, uh, McKenna Grace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, McKenna Grace is, is fantastic. She's great in, in this. She's, She's so fun. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even mind uh, Stranger Things in this. Uh, like, I, th- I thought everybody was doing, I, like, I liked that dynamic um, mm-hmm. of the kids. But when it had to be, you know, pull everybody back, do the ghost, but the original Ghostbusters stuff. Um, that's where it kind of lost me uh, towards the end. I kind of so. wish that the the surprise in this movie wasn't that they came in sort of an ex machina mm-hmm. type of situation. Right, exactly. I wish that they had. I wish that after her call with Ackroyd, that we just saw them all together talking to them before the big plan. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. Actually, no. No, not that's not what I'm what I'm talking about. After we see Ackroyd hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they go and do the thing at the house. That's when they burst out of the house because they've been part of the plan the whole mm-hmm. time. Right. And yeah. then that's where their surprise, their surprise visit comes in. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, before all of this happened, they had a discussion. And this, instead, it was like again the Ice Capades version of it, where it's like, ta da! Here's Bill Murray. Yeah. Here's Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Here's Dan Aykroyd. Aren't you happy that they're mm-hmm. here? Oh my God! Let's get let's hug the screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I liked this more than that last Ghostbusters, but again, this movie made the same amount mm-hmm. of money. Yeah. So like it's, 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 uh, you know, um, maybe there's just that many people who want to see Ghostbusters and, and that's the, that's the finite amount right yep. there. Uh, the other in the top 10, uh, the last one that we haven't talked about is no time to die, uh, was seventh this year in the, this is American box office, by the way, I haven't been doing world box office, although world box office is probably pretty close on all mm-hmm. of these. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the last, uh, movie that, uh, the last bond movie that Daniel Craig was doing and they really leaned into that, uh, that it was his last one. And it really felt like everybody was like well this is the best bond we've ever had let's make him go out with a bang (laughs) and uh and this is another interminable movie two and a half hours uh of this and Mm. um and uh i i know that you have a lot of like uh loose ends i guess you want to tie that you want to tie up before he makes his final appearance and and everything but uh i i didn't I, I didn't like this nanobot virus thing at, at all uh I, I thought that was i thought they didn't really discuss that very very well they're basically like eh, if you got it you're screwed what are you gonna do and you know and and, and no explanation as to how it works or what you know uh and 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 sort of a it feels like a shoehorning in of blofeld in this movie 
Um, so yeah, I, I I wasn't a big fan of this at all. No, the trailer was so good, man. Mm-hmm. It was, was it? Like, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that you're weird. Um, <laughs> that you're weird. <laughs> so weird. The trailer was like. This is, in fact, this is the perfect existence for trailers. This proves why trailers are great because it sold me on this mm. movie. I mm-hmm. watched this movie because the trailer was so freaking yeah. good, and the movie just wasn't very good. Yeah. If I had waited and just read reviews, I probably wouldn't have watched it at all. So, yep. Yeah. That's why trailers are terrible, not why they're great. But it is why they're effective. Uh, which I it, like the song. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, no, I didn't much care for this either. I do think it has it has its moments. There are certainly moments during this movie where I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. That's cool. I actually like the way this movie ends for as much as has been made about it. Um, but overall, it's just kind of, it's just messy. I don't think the villain stuff works. Uh, I, the villain is awful. Yeah. And I like Rami Malek a lot yeah, too. Sure. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, it's a messy movie that, that doesn't quite work. Uh, okay. So that does it with the box office, uh, top 10. Uh, we'll go through some of the, uh, Oscar nominees, best picture that we haven't gotten to Belfast. Another movie I was not expecting to be all that great really honestly even if it even though it had a lot of uh a build up before it had come out but i really like this and i think it might be a good double feature with roma um Ooh, it's one yeah. of those type of movies it's um, it's it's uh, a more commercial version of roma i think i think that's a mm-hmm. good way to say it it's definitely more um and again it's a it's a tight 90 uh so it's it's nice that, yeah. that one of these movies doesn't take forever to watch um, I, I think Kenneth Branagh is a great filmmaker. I, I think he, he knows yeah. how to tell stories. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't sold on necessarily why it had to be in black and white, uh, for most of it. No, um, not really. But, but yeah. But it felt, you could tell it was a personal story mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Him, in the, in the way that he made the film. And again, uh, most films made in black and white don't terribly make much sense to me that, but yeah. Hey, I love Roma, so I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although that one seems like I don't know. That one seemed like it needed it, or it was better a better choice for it for for doing yeah, I so. Agree. Um, but uh, but uh, Belfast was really good. It's 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 more of an episodic type movie as well. It's, it's it doesn't have this one solid plot to it, but mm-hmm. it's I, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's don't look up the most controversial movie of the year in some ways. Interesting. Uh, it's at least the most divisive, I think. Maybe yeah. that's what I'm go- getting at, is that when this before this came out, I think I heard nothing but negative about it. Um, and then when I saw it, I not only enjoyed it, but I started seeing a ton of people who did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're picking at necessarily here. It does feel like... Um, it's the anti-McKay you know, bias, right? I mean, that's what I see at mm, least. There's this, you know, stick to comedy, quit trying to make such serious things. You're full of yourself. Right. You're full of your opinions. You know, that kind of thing. I hated this movie <laughs> and I like McKay. Mm-hmm. No, you're, um, I, I'm not saying that's your reason. I'm just saying that's what a lot of what I heard was the McKay, you know, tries to be too self-serious and, you know, healing I, the world with I his comedy. with Vice not at all with the previous one that was good about finances mm-hmm. and had the hot tub. <clears throat> the big short. Which one was that? <laughs> the big short. Big short. Big short. Yeah. Uh, this movie, to me, I know you guys liked it. It felt like it was beating me over the head with cardboard signs that said, laugh, I'm being funny. Mm. And I did not, except for a dude that played the tech guru. I giggled when he was on screen. Uh, 
Raylance? Mark Rylance. Yeah. Rylance. I thought he was hysterical. Uh, but no, it didn't it didn't work for me. And I can't even this is not even a Venom 2 for you and me, Chris, where I'm like, because this movie's better than Venom 2. I get that. I can see why people like it. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't. It's hardcore mm-hmm. satire, man. Like it is, it is definitely trying to be an old school, you know, Dr. Strangelove, you know, type satire uh, kind of thing. One of so. my biggest gripes is going in, everybody had raved so much about this. Oh, you're not going to believe the Ariana Grande song. Oh, the Ariana Grande <laughs> song is so funny. And I think the lyrics could be funny if you read them. Um, but I have, like, that was a, not a great parody song, in my opinion. And I know, I, I don't know anyone that agrees with me on this. So I realize I'm going out on a limb. I thought that was mediocre. I, the Simpsons do parody songs better than anyone on earth. And if you, stack this it's just ariana grande saying swear words and mm. calling people stupid i didn't think it was that cleverly that cleverly written um well my so understanding then, everybody was i could be wrong about this my understanding is it wasn't written my understanding is that ariana grande improved of most of that song that makes it even worse. oh no i know <laughs> I, I i was i was playing into your point yes um but yeah i think okay. that that it makes it worse but it's also a reason right like it also you know um might be part of it But I just, I mean, again, I'm biased. I've written songs, maybe none of them good. I've written parody songs, maybe none of them good. Um, But it's this just felt well, it felt like improv. Now that I know it was improv, I at least understand. Oh, I mean, a lot of this movie was improv. By um, I'm sure Meryl Streep talked about uh, the the idea of how weird it was for her to be able to make up her own lines and and that kind of stuff. Um, So I thought I was really interesting to see her in this movie. The question is, can you be subtle about something like this, though? I don't know. I'm just. It, it, I, I would. No, no. I'm not saying that means, hey, you should like the movie now. I'm just no, saying. I, agree. I know. I, I'm just saying that when you, if you're if you're just somebody like off the street having a perspective of here's a real problem, here's something that we need to do about it, and you see what the media covers, how they cover it, uh, how the how the government responds, all these type of things, and you just and you just see them distracted by a lot of things and 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 not getting to the real point of it and not really wanting to tackle it in any meaningful way um that's sort of what i get from an adam mckay movie is that you see a ton of uh stuff in these things where you're like why did he show that it's like well that stuff that we are being distracted by while this asteroid comes down to hit, hit the earth you know um so it, it it's a, definitely a style and I, I understand it's a, it's a, it's over the top, uh, but I think that's just cut, that's just the perspective that the uh, filmmakers have there. Is yeah, that- I think um, you know I just keep comparing it to Wag the Dog, mm. which I think is a lot more subtle. In Wag the Dog, in definitely, satire. yeah. And maybe that's just more my style mm-hmm. of satire because mm-hmm. there is certainly a, an element of some satire that's way over the top, and that's what Don't Look Up is. Mm-hmm. So maybe my preference is just more state and main than it is right. don't look sure. up yeah i don't know yeah totally uh no, um another best picture nominee is nightmare alley uh this is another remake um but guillermo del toro definitely makes this his own and this is another beautiful movie to look at mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i liked this better than the original too that might be blasphemous to some people but i i, I like this better than the original um there this is a movie that i feel like needed to be updated and the move the first movie is is great 
Uh, but uh, but I feel like this is a movie that could that deserves to be updated. It's not a well known classic, uh, and uh, to make it now is uh, is I think is uh, well worth the while. And it just uh, Bradley Cooper again. He's uh, uh, he has just become a he's become a great performer over the years. How in the world did this guy who was like a second banana on a alias? Mm-hmm. become this big of a star you know mm-hmm. it's so crazy to yeah. me he's got a lot my, more under there than boy next door my <laughs> my cynical mm-hmm. uh, nature is maybe it has something to do with his uh devastating good looks uh but uh mm-hmm. but yes um yeah he is he's quite an actor and he's really good in this um i i've just come to the conclusion that i'm toro and i uh aren't del toro and i aren't on the same wavelength i just i don't mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy kind same. of where he what he thinks is interesting i just don't find interesting um it well, is beautiful I'm, I'm, but yeah i'm the same way guys i mean you know like uh, nearly everything that the shape of water i didn't mm-hmm. wasn't a big fan of um i mean all of these movies always get that <laughs> this ron howard type of uh feel from it where where it's like great filmmaker but average movies constantly mm-hmm. And everything, everything looks great almost every time when he makes these movies. But I, yeah, this, I, it's the, his talent is clear and mm-hmm. obvious. I just they don't hit my sweet spot. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. So I think we're are we we're through all the did tragedy tragedy of Macbeth didn't get a picture, did not did get it? a best picture nom. No, it had three nominations, but uh, not for best picture. Yeah, I think we've done all the best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the tragedy of Macbeth since we since it brought up and everything. Um, another a, a very unusual look at a Shakespeare uh, uh, adaptation, black and white, very spare. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in in how it's presented, Denzel Washington, fantastic in it. It's incredible. Um, did we need the Did we need this movie though? I guess that's no. the question. No, I was yeah. Uh, it's like if you can be underwhelmed by a movie you think is great with amazing performances, <laughs> yeah. that's where I yep. am. I think that's um, right. Um, if he were to win Best Actor, I would not be upset or surprised. I don't think he will. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> yeah, was good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty to look at, and it's it's all right. Um, uh, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Um, mm. Aaron, I think we're in accord on this movie. Um, I didn't like this very much. No, um, no. I, I, it is another one where Edgar Wright, man, he. I love Edgar Wright movies. It's just, and he's obviously got a lot of film knowledge that we'll never have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like. I guess it's. I guess ultimately, I just didn't like where this ended up. Correct. I think it's an interesting idea, but it just. I just didn't like how this how how this movie resolves. It, and I know it's an homage to a lot of Giallo stuff and everything. Right. It's just that it just didn't connect to me i i found myself engaged with what i thought he was doing with some of the themes um you know about uh understanding how things change through the years and how it's different now than it was you know a while ago and how you think you know the way you have it bad is worse than the way that they had it bad but put yourself in their shoes like all that stuff was interesting to me but then the movie just found itself for me being more interested in being some sort of twisty uh like you mentioned uh giallo uh picture that didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me it, it wasn't even that it was bad it just it was it didn't make sense i didn't understand 
it seemed to undercut itself with that ending. The where it went seemed to undercut the rest of the story to me. Yeah. So I just I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I just I, I was I was I kind of expecting where it was going to, mm-hmm. and it was that was another thing yeah. I guess that was uh, uh, you know that bothered me a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, it, definitely an interesting movie. It just it wasn't uh, yeah. full success to me. Um, all right, uh, a movie that has the distinction. I'd probably it's got to be the first one, right? Best animated and best documentary uh nominations uh for flea and best international um, picture three oscar nominations oh in it's three got three different, different genre categories yeah <laughs> that's interesting that's so interesting and this is a it's this is a great documentary yeah this is yeah. great this is uh, and and the the way that it's presented in this animation is unusual it is a a classic immigrant story and uh, uh and it's just um you can't you can't turn your eyes away from this one. This is a really good one. Knowing the Academy, they'll split which category they vote for it on, and it won't win any of them. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's supposed to win any of them. Uh, Drive My Car is going to win international feature since it got a Best Picture nomination. I, I always hate the anticlimactic part of that where <laughs> something mm-hmm, gets a yeah. Best Picture nom. You're like, well, I guess it's winning uh, international. Um, it, yeah. it might win documentary, but I'm guessing that'll be Summer of Soul. That's the one it has a chance at. Animated yeah. will either be Mitchell's or Encanto, probably Encanto. Uh, yeah, I my guess, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer of Soul, by the way, is uh, is outstanding. That that it's amazing how much footage has been shot of things that just are lying around in a warehouse mm-hmm. kind of like that apollo 11 yeah that one was great too yeah uh and this one uh summer of soul they i think they planned on having this be a documentary in the Correct. 60s yeah and they had no takers and mm-hmm. then it just sat in a warehouse or whatever in somebody's attic or something for 60 years or whatever it was until quest love came and, along yeah and uh and the perform there there's so many like gold performances in here mm-hmm. stevie wonder before he's huge is in this and mm-hmm. like just you know there there are so many great uh this is a miracle this is one of those miracles that mm-hmm. you're just like i can't believe i'm uh i'm privy to see this now yeah yeah um let's see uh oh 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 here's a here's a heavy hitter the worst person in the world mm-hmm. This movie probably should have gotten a lot more acclaim uh from and and some Oscar love uh for sure. Um uh this is a this was a total surprise. I didn't know anything. This is one where I didn't know anything about it going in and uh for sure came out better for it not knowing mm-hmm. what this movie was going to be. And such an unusual movie, a great lead performance. Um uh this is this is this will make you think about life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, choices, life, um, how you perceive yourself. They, this is a this is a movie that when it when it started for me, I was like, okay, another international feature, you know, um, relational story. Yeah, I'm gonna pay attention, be into it, or what. And then it makes some production choices where I'm like, okay, I see what mm-hmm. you got. You think, yeah, yeah. I, see, I see you, worst person in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it does some really cool things. Um, so yeah, I, I, really dug it. I thought it was really good. I think this and drive my car 
could be a good double feature mm-hmm. be a long double feature but it but it <laughs> sure. but uh the the idea of of you believing that you are mm-hmm. the worst person in the world for various reasons mm-hmm. um uh i think everybody sort of thought of that thought that before mm-hmm. except for sure. except for aaron aaron thinks no. highly of himself i'm, I'm <laughs> such a cocky clearly dick. not the worst person in the world clearly, clearly. yeah that's true that's true (laughs) um uh okay um here's a movie that flopped at the box office did it flop overall i'm not sure the matrix resurrections was a hbo max slash theater experience and is this the maybe it's could possibly this isn't vying for worst movie of the year right i mean it has to be and i'm over all of the think pieces about how she made it bad on purpose as a commentary about reboots. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That is a very big stretch. And and he, even I, if it's true, it's still a bad movie, right? Like that's, Right. Well, <laughs> right. yes. I mean, it's, it's a very costly bad movie. I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes, you guys know I'm a Matrix stan. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. And then it just there's becomes no reason for why they go to a certain place and then a fight happens and people's motivations make no sense and ultimately it's the first movie all over again. except mm-hmm. with terrible action like that's that's yeah. the thing that blew my mind the most yeah, is it's boring is, fucking yeah action. Yep. <clears throat> yeah the fight scenes should have been next level mm-hmm. and it was like mcu when yes. they had that fight inside the bank or whatever yes. that building was <clears throat> Um, another Oscar contender, uh, is the lost daughter, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal directed this, uh, Olivia Coleman's in it. Jesse Buckley plays a younger Olivia Coleman. Um, this is another one of those movies where, uh, the main character is not a good person really. Mm-hmm. Um, a very interesting, uh, set of movies this year where people, either think of themselves as the as the worst person ever or they are, really are kind of a terrible person or they have terrible elements to them you almost with this one though the olivia coleman character is so fully realized as a human being and mm-hmm. as a as a as a woman as a mother i mean you really feel what gyllenhaal is is trying to do here with that character that it's so fully realized that you don't almost you almost don't see it in terms of is she a good person or a bad person. You're just like, right. this is this person, and you are meant to wrestle with her choices, her decisions. Um, there are some scenes in this that are some of the best horror movie tension uh, I've ever seen, and it's not in mm-hmm. a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like, mm. It's really impressive work. I was really impressed mm. with this movie. Yeah, because this other this mob family or whatever that's mm-hmm. living at the resort, yeah. there's always this this seems like there's this danger of them mm-hmm. potentially like going and killing her or her being part of a you know something some incident that's mm-hmm. on the you know. So yeah, there's always a there's a constant threat there. Um, uh, interesting. I don't know if I ended up liking this movie very much though. I I I, I liked performances again, mm-hmm. but. There were so so many things in it that I was like, I don't know what is, what was that all about. Yeah. Now maybe if I gave it a little bit more thought afterwards, I probably would have like, oh okay, they were doing that because of this. But this, I did um, enjoy, but, I did end up enjoying it. Um, and a lot of that has to do with you know you hear a lot about the Roger Ebert's quote about movies being an empathy machine, and I really mm-hmm. did feel like this movie was 
an empathy machine for me to experience what it's like, uh, might be like to be a middle-aged or older woman and to have gone through motherhood, make choices mm -hmm. that, you know, I've made based on things that now I regret. Like <clears throat> there was a real element of this movie that gave me a perspective that I hadn't seen that vividly portrayed, uh, on yeah. screen before. So just like the green Knight, <laughs> just like the green Knight. very <laughs> similar like film. It, yes. Very similar film. Yes. Uh, all right. So now we're getting into some, uh, we're, we're, we're probably getting into some mention it and go sure. type stuff here. Um, uh, in also in the documentaries Attica, I know that Jeremy saw this. I also watched it after his recommend. Uh, I guess the biggest, uh, slight against this is that it's one sided, but considering what they found, you know, <laughs> they investigated and found yeah. out of this, hard to hard not to be on the side of the people who are in the movie right yeah uh yeah. uh just an insane amount of abuse and uh and uh and uh bad politicking going on in that in attica uh you know a lot of us are uh, experience with Attica is, is uh, Al Pacino yelling it in Dog Day Afternoon. We didn't know mm -hmm. the, the the full story about it. But, man, this is a a harrowing, harrowing story, and it's well worth the watch for sure. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Let me see. Uh, Bo Burnham, Inside, oh. uh, was, uh, was a big one uh, on Netflix. I... I started this around the time it came out and then I had to stop it after 10 minutes because of whatever reason. And then I didn't, it was like two months before I saw it. Hmm. Um, this is a great one man performance oh my goodness. type of thing. This is stellar. I, uh, I just, just rewatched this, uh, showed it to a friend for the first time two days ago. And I mm -hmm. remain convinced, convinced it may be the most brilliant piece of fem filmmaking of the year. Like as far as like a, a clever, uh, thinky kind of thing. Bo Burnham is just so brilliant at what he does. And not only is he doing incredible like takes on social media culture, Twitch culture, uh, replay culture, like YouTube re or uh, not yeah. replay. Um, what's it called? React, react culture yeah, on YouTube. React, like yeah. he's doing all these really clever jabs at, you know, modern life, but he's also created this absolute, piece of art that represents the pandemic and what it was like to be Absolutely. trapped inside. And um, because of that, I will issue trigger warnings. There's mental health stuff here that is uh, really powerful and very feels very real. Um, there's been some talk about whether he's performing this or whether it was really real. That doesn't even matter to me. Either way, mm -hmm. I think it says something meaningful and is really powerful. Um, Man, I'm impressed by this special. It's it's incredible stuff. Yeah, this is something that's this is something that's uh, will stand the test of time. I believe. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's uh, just so well done. I I I'm surprised that you know I watched it for as little as I did the first time, and then never went back to it for a long time. But I think that was a good thing because kind of getting into it fresh without the everybody talking about it and everything mm -hmm. i got to see it on its own terms i feel like and um and uh and yeah i i can't i can't praise it highly enough as well it's a, it's great uh was the only true this is this is me talking out of my ass here but the only true comedy this year barb and star go to Vista <laughs> Del Mar. it could be uh there, there weren't very many just straight up like well i mean i'm sure there were comedies but like nothing that really 
you know, I don't know, nothing that was really that can't got out there. It's right. You know, it's the you know, it's the only one we're talking about, really. I mean, you've got coming to America, uh, coming to America, uh, the coming to America sequel that came out. Um, that was a straight mm-hmm. straight comedy. Um, right, right. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, was a light uh, comedy year. Um, yeah, this is an instant cult classic. This is just one of those movies you watch and you just know people are going to be quoting these these lines and singing these songs for years down the road. Yeah, I I'm not sure how much how much I ended up liking it by the end, but I really did. I laughed quite oh, a bit. It's so I would funny. say that yeah. I liked it. Yeah. yeah um uh so yeah and and the surprise jamie dornan uh comic performance mm-hmm. in this too yeah. uh, considering you uh you know have only seen him in 50 shades at this point like i had mm-hmm. like that that it's out of nowhere it's it's a great great comic performance i actually got a i got a chance at critics choice awards to talk together with him and Kristen wick uh at the oh same really they were hanging out mm-hmm. and i was i got uh into that conversation and was able to thank him for uh, seagull seagull on a tire. Uh, can you hear my yes. prayer? Uh, so. I picture them talking and you like walking right between them and going, Hi. <laughs> that is not yeah. far off from the truth. Uh, apologies <laughs> if that makes people upset. But yes, that is how I insert myself in those conversations. Um, House of Gucci, uh, neither Jeremy or I saw this movie. What did you think of it, Aaron? I, nah, I mean, it's so weird because unlike Don't Look Up, which is purposefully over the top like this i don't know that this movie understands how ridiculous it's being uh maybe Mm -hmm. i'm wrong but everybody is so over the top in this movie lady gaga said she went around talking to that voice for six months while she was making uh, that movie she doesn't know how ridiculous it is she's taking it seriously (laughs) ridley scott made two movies one the last duel is another oh it's this movie's great i agree this is I something that it. this something that just didn't get enough play when it came out. I think if you reverse the order of release of the Ridley Scott movies, I think that the Last Duel gets a little more Oscar attention. Um, Probably, I, yeah. I think it's it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just feel like Ben Affleck is in a different movie. I realize his character is the asshole who jokes about everything, mm-hmm. but he delivers his lines like he's in a Kevin Smith movie, and everyone else seems like they're era appropriate don't get me wrong i have only seen it once i liked it the first time and then the more i thought about it and the more i started thinking what i think the movie's saying i appreciate it even more uh it's a tough watch though it is a tough watch don't like violence uh Mm -hmm. there are trigger warnings here for sexual violence um but uh really well acted i think adam driver's outstanding Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, for sure and jodie comer again man Mm -hmm. that's gonna be she's gonna be huge she's gonna be huge star i think at some point um let's see all right now now we're really okay i think we'll talk about spencer a little bit and then i'll run down the list sounds good uh uh, spencer another great uh biopic performance Kristen stewart with acting abilities i had never seen her before with uh, ever in this so i loved her in this i love certain aspects of this i don't know if i like the movie totally uh, like completely but i loved her in it this uh, yeah. for sure this movie really grew on me very quickly i came out of it liking it and within a few days i was like no i think i love that movie like the more mm. i thought about some of the scenes some of the work they're doing with just the overall idea of her life as a horror movie um, mm-hmm. is just is really really interesting to me, and um, yeah, I, I really loved it. I'm fascinated by this director. He made Jackie, mm-hmm. yeah, and then he made this movie. Both movies are about high profiled first ladies, so to speak, being 
you know, looked at on one specific weekend of their life. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if he's creating a new genre of biopic, like a microcosm biopic. Yeah. Where instead of seeing Princess Di as a little girl and then a teenager, we just see this one mm -hmm. weekend. But in that one weekend, we get a lot of what we need to know about how hard her life must have been. Yeah. And yeah, Kristen Stewart blew me away. Again, if Chastain wasn't also deserving, I would probably be pitching fits that Kristen Stewart isn't winning more. Mm -hmm. I didn't know she had that in her. Yeah. I do think I like this particular biopic style more mm -hmm. than the one where they try to encompass an entire person's life in two yeah. hours to put them in a situation that, you know, it's only a week or a weekend or whatever, it, you know, is I think a, a better choice. Um, so, and it happens with being the Ricardos. I think that's, uh, you know, Good that point. it happens with that. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, I, I, I do prefer that, um, uh, overall, uh, don't need to talk about jungle cruise too much. It nope. sucked. Uh, no Godzilla right. versus Kong. It sucked. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Halloween kills. It sucked. Um, uh, we've entered the it sucked portion of the, uh, proceedings. Right. Candyman was good until about the last 30 minutes of the movie. Um, yeah. I really, really liked it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then like the ending happened and I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on guys. You had something really good going here mm -hmm. and you fucked it up. Yep. Um, nobody, the Bob Odenkirk, uh, action or really, really fun movie. Yeah. This may be the best taken clone since Taken, and it's better than Taken. Mm. Like, this is one of my very favorite older guy beats ass that you didn't know could beat ass movies mm -hmm. that has come out. A lot of it's the humor that is infused into the action, like that when he's banging the bus guy, banging the guy's head against the call button for the bus mm -hmm. and cuts to the front. And somebody, <laughs> it, looks, it looks like somebody's ringing for the bus. To yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really, really good stuff. I just bought Odenkirk's... Uh, Memoir. I don't know if you guys knew he just put out a memoir. I didn't know that. that. Was that in uh, progress before he collapsed on set? Or was that something? Uh, the memoir contains stuff about okay. his collapse and recovery. So I think it was either finished after or started and finished after. His, uh, his heart uh, thing is not the same as mine, but I remember when that happened. And apologies for those who don't know my story. I've also collapsed from a heart thing and was out for a while. Um, but I, I just, all of a sudden, like those things happen with people you hear about and it's like, oh, now I'm connected to you. Like, I feel that way yeah. about Bob Odenkirk yeah. now, just the fact that it happened where there were people around who were able to help him. That was the same with me, um, in a different circumstance, you know, neither of us might be here. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how those things happen. Um, the Suicide Squad, which was way better than the original Suicide Squad James Gunn did. This was a lot funnier and more upbeat and whatever, uh, has one of the greatest, uh, comic action scenes of the year in it for sure. Didn't really register with a lot of people though. I don't think, uh, in the end, well, um, I think it suffered a little bit from the pandemic, but mm -hmm. definitely underperformed per expectations. Uh, but the, the critics loved it. And yeah. so... Uh, I think it's going to continue to be one more step on the ladder up for James Gunn. Yeah, uh, I loved it the first time mm -hmm. I saw it, and I got so giddy the second time to watch it. And at that time, I was like, oh, "I just kind of like it a lot." Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's got a lot of rewatchability for me, mm -hmm. um, but it is an original film from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, and then spun off into the Peacemaker, which people really love too. So. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know. I like the Peacemaker more than the Suicide Squad, in fact. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, not that that would be a surprise to people who've heard me talk about the Suicide Squad, because I didn't like it as much as a lot of people did. But the Peacemaker seems to have uh, more time to do what Gunn does with really developing... Um, you know, more of the the human aspect of these characters, mm. even as he's being ridiculous and over the top. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed Peacemaker quite a bit. Uh, the Harder They Fall, uh, yeah! a fun, fun Western that's on Netflix. Uh, man, I really, really love this. I don't know mm -hmm. if I was expecting to, but I loved this. Oh, this is, so this is much style. filled with so many people that you love in mm -hmm. it. Uh, so uh um, One of the yeah, greatest I, opening character introductions I've ever seen. Uh, yes. So good. So good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Titan, talk about some uh, some uh, unlikable main characters. Uh, this had, a, <laughs> this had uh, you know, this was controversial, I guess, because it was showing women as, as violent uh, people or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, I didn't really, that didn't really bother me all that much. Um I don't know if I like this movie. I was going to ask know. you if you enjoyed it. Um, it's way, it's, it's really, I'm just going to use the word weird because I don't know what, a, what else to word to use, but it, it is the premise of the movie is a very strange out there premise. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that the movie completely fills what it's trying to do with that premise. I think it's trying to be an allegory. I think it's trying to do, you know, say some stuff. Uh, and I'm just not sure the movie ever does that beyond just being like, hey, look at this crazy, gross thing we can do uh, at this point right. kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's very violent. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, 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 it's yeah, it was one of those. I, I thought that was interesting. It was worth watching. Yeah. Um, Mass. That's a movie that cool. I almost forgot about. But what a movie that is. Holy shit. Uh, I think this um, is the most underrated movie of the year. I don't understand it why it's not like cleaning up at award shows with these four performances. I can only exactly. assume it's the it's the director first time just, you know, that it didn't get pushed right. Um, man, what an incredible film. Oh my god and it and it and it it leaves you hanging for so long as mm -hmm. to what this is actually about um for just a little background on it is that there's there's two people who show up to a church we know that there's a meeting of some sort happening the the people who are at the church are like trying to make everything just perfect for something and you're like okay are these important people are they mm -hmm. you know what's what's going on and uh and then we then another two people show up and and they have like this kind of like back and forth nice discussion this sort of getting to know you mm -hmm. uh small catch talk. up chit chat yeah. and uh and then you find out that this is a that the word mass has a lot more meaning to it than mm -hmm. just a churchy uh mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you know, um, connotations, and uh, I, I think I will leave it there for people who who want to see this. This is this is stunning movie. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm surprised we don't talk about it more. Mm -hmm. um, Swan Song. Uh, did anything? Did something happen with this movie? I saw it and I liked it. Um, but what what is it about this that didn't connect? I feel like it didn't connect. I think it just got buried in the end of the year uh, shuffle. It's it touched it checks a lot of my boxes with like te future technology. This is the, uh, the closest I've seen to like a, Oh yeah, that could be the future, uh, kind of movie mm -hmm. since, uh, her, um, actually. Right. So, 
Um, so I love that stuff. I think Mahershala Ali is uh, typically great. He's yeah, great here, as always. Yeah. As always. Um, yeah, uh, I I think it just got missed. I think a lot of people just missed it, but it's it's a really interesting philosophical look at the moral ramifications of certain technologies. Um, yeah. Uh, and now, and some some on your list, I think are either they. I think the father came out th- in 2021 for sure, but we talked about it, didn't we? Did we, we did, talk about we this? Made, this is why I put it here just just in case some people listen to the best of 2020 episode. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't talk about the 2021 movies like The Father, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, w- it was a weird year because of the way the awards were done or whatever. But in case we didn't right. say The Father is amazing, The Father is amazing. The Father is amazing. <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins was uh, deserving of his Oscar for right. sure. Yeah, totally. uh, fantastic uh, uh, performance there. Cop Shop. Uh, <laughs> if This is this is a Jeremy movie through and through. Absolutely. I can't wait till he sees I'm it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till he sees it and tells us that he's seen it five times. It's the last <laughs> time we talked to him. Um, this is such a such a, a Jeremy movie. Uh, I didn't. Okay, uh, I'm going to skip over the ones that you have you have only okay, seen, Aaron. But if you want to go back and check and tell me any, sure. tell us any of the sure. other ones. Um, in a, in and of, of itself uh, was the the magician show, which is not just a magician show, but a but a storytelling show as well uh is oh was really great yeah this uh, is uh, this is this this an inside back to back would be amazing yes uh, yeah these these are uh it's another one-man show kind of thing he is a magician a sleight of hand artist uh but it is so much more than that he's really doing thematic stuff this was a show that ran on uh in new york for a period of time and this is a retelling. Uh, I think Frank Oz directed this. If I'm, if I'm yeah, not yeah, mistaken, yeah, yeah, thank you, right? Um, of uh, Derek Delgadio's show in a way that more formats it for a movie, but it's really just shots from these different uh, stage performances he did. There's a segment of the movie where you will see a lot of people you know. Uh, Bill Gates is in the audience at one point, um, and just several mm-hmm. other uh, famous people who attended this show, and. Man, the ending of this is really powerful, and yeah. you, you will both have how did he do that moments, but more importantly, you'll have like meaningful, oh my goodness, what ha- what does this say about humanity? What does this say about me? Kind of moments. Um, a a trigger warning that the premise of his storytelling has to do with Russian roulette, uh, mm-hmm. but there is no, you know, it's obviously a stage show, so it's not like it's portraying anything uh, in that way. Yeah. So, yeah um cruella i didn't see it but you and jeremy did anything to say about that it's good it's better than well, i expected she's having it to a good be. time yeah mm-hmm. she's having a blast and i think that's enough for you to enjoy the film it's too long mm-hmm. um but yeah it's okay yeah uh parallel mothers i enjoyed parallel mothers except it feels like there's three movies he wants to make in it uh uh-huh. All at once. I thought Perpendicular Fathers was a lot better. <laughs> right, right. It, I think that it was too. That joke is so easy, but it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. But uh, you know, uh, we've seen. Uh, I don't know if it's a. I don't know how spoilery it would be to say what this movie's about, but um, but we've seen movies with that theme before. And, uh, and, 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 but I think this does, it's really good for the most part, but he seems like he's got more on his mind mm-hmm. through it. 
which I'm like, I don't know if you needed to go this direction. I don't know if you needed to go that direction. At the end, he's got this disclaimer, like this is about, you know, uh, the Spanish civil war and all the bullshit that went on down there. And you're like, huh? <laughs> like, I, 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 I mean, yeah, that's a movie that needs to be made, mm-hmm. but you made something else. So I don't, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm uh coming to america yeah we talked about a little bit about that i think that's a, a reason why you don't make movies from 30 something yeah year old i agree material. unfortunately um yeah uh, i mean i wish the best for it but um i did not uh, laugh very much during it uh yeah we don't need to talk about space jam the conjuring no uh zack snyder's justice league no red rocket a little bit maybe i know that, it, that movie. know that it, <laughs> it know there's some cringe factor in that as well uh because the character the girl character in there is 17 and he's like 30 something Um, well and he's grooming her too like it's a grooming yeah Yeah. right right um uh i liked red rocket though uh overall i thought it was i thought it was a good movie yeah uh it 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 uh i don't know it 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 looked like it was headed for some awards but maybe that uh, ick factor is what uh led to it not i just that's for me the less icky version the less graphic version of this like they're straight up having graphic sex like Mm -hmm. i i turned this movie halfway turned it off halfway through because i just i didn't want to see wherever it was going even Mm -hmm. if the movie's ultimate conclusion is this guy's a terrible person I knew that 10 minutes in mm-hmm. and I don't want to watch mm-hmm. like sex scenes that are, I didn't, I agree. I, I'm sure there's quality there. I love the Florida project. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get through this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zola, which is a movie that I thought would, would be a lot better than it was a lot more yeah. salacious than it was. And then, and it just ended up being kind of like, Oh, well I've seen spring breakers and mm-hmm. that seems like, I was like going to say, sp- it's like Riley Keough doing a spring breakers voice, yep. like yeah. the whole movie. And I know it's based on a real, well, it's based on a series of tweets, but right. based on a supposed real story. But yeah, I was expecting that one to be wild and Spring Breakers like, and it was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I discussed a little bit about a hero in one of the previous Recotopias. That movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, another round, which is also a movie that uh, sort of was a was a twenty twenty one slash twenty twenty one movie. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. This is a very interesting movie. I love another uh, round. About I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, another round is. It was one of the best movies I saw in that past year. Um, about a bunch of teachers who see how far they can take their drinking. They're trying to get to that perfect level of drinking. They have a philosophy that they're following uh, from some famous person, a philosopher mm-hmm. of some sort. And of course, some of them go way too far and drink too much, but it's not really about alcoholism as much as it is how they are affected doing this experiment mm-hmm. and everything. And, uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Benedetta don't really need to talk about that. Paul Verhoeven movie. Not very good. I didn't think, um, come from away was great mm-hmm. uh the the story about uh a small town in canada after 9-11 mm-hmm. uh or like on the day of 9-11 the mm-hmm. the a plane that has to land there and it has to accommodate this small town has to accommodate a bunch of people that it's not ready for well uh, it wasn't it wasn't just one plane i think there were sev- oh, several several right. planes that had to land there because they weren't allowed in u.s airspace and so they had to land mm-hmm. all these planes that were coming over that day had to land in this one tiny little airport um, and it's kind of their story of that town and how they uh, pitch together to feed these people. That sounds and, awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really cool story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the card counter was was pretty good, I guess. Uh, Oscar Isaac was great in it, um, but I don't know. I did. I, I don't think I liked the movie overall. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. 
Um, the French Dispatch is a pretty good Wes Anderson movie. It's uh, there's there's I think two good stories and one okay story in it. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, the paint the painter the prison painter story is my favorite. I think it's incredible. That's the best yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's the best one. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark, which was the Sopranos the prequel movie, not very good at all for mm-hmm. me at all. Nope. Um, the painter and the thief was a documentary that was also in that 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, slash, uh, 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 someone who is a painter, uh, contacts a thief who was caught and has, and has an interview with that person. So that's a really interesting dynamic, a really great documentary. Well worth watching. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, okay. Go back D- uh, Dicer and tell us uh, anything else. We sure. Might so, we'll so yeah, these will be my uh, final recommendations of movies. You two might like that. Neither of you have seen. Uh, I have four of them. One is I care a lot. Uh, this is mm. Rosamund Pike uh, stars mm-hmm. in this. And this is basically I've never seen this type of character played this directly by a female lead. There are plenty of these types of like characters uh, in these situations. I'm trying not to give anything away about the plot, but that that we've seen male kind of characters like this, but I've never seen a female character like this. Uh, she's mm-hmm. basically a con artist, I think would be the safest way to say it. And she's trying to make money off of elder care. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's really, really interesting and a really fascinating movie that I think you two might like. Uh, Petite Maman. Uh, this is a mm. this is like a seventy five minute movie. Uh, so that you know, it's got that going for it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an international film where I don't want to give too much away, but it is about wrestling with your past um, and uh, has a really interesting concept that I think uh, you might like if mm-hmm. you choose to see it. Uh, Shiva Baby. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy. It is basically a horror movie for um, just like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. Um, It basically takes social situations where you feel out of place or like, you know, you're supposed to interact with people who you don't care to interact with and turns that into a horror movie um, and has some really interesting twists and turns in the story. that I think you guys will enjoy. And then I had to mention boss level because this could be another one mm. of those Jeremy movies um, that uh, you find and end up liking quite a bit. It's Frank Grillo uh, as the main character. Oh, stupid Mel Gibson. And <laughs> Yes, and stupid Mel Gibson uh, is in it as well. Uh, but it is, it is a uh, video game type uh, Groundhog Day style movie. Um, so oh, very... Oh, Carnahan, he loves us. Yeah, so... There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's all right. So uh, time to I think uh, vote on what our favorite movie of the year is. Who, wow. wants to, who wants to start this off? I can start Not just because mine me. is obvious. Uh, I think anybody who's who's listening. Not to me. <laughs> you don't know mine. I don't. I've written down six different titles here. <laughs> uh, I think I know it. I think the best movie of the year is Tick Tick Boom. That would be my first vote. Mm. Okay. Mm. I got that right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go. I know this is much to the chagrin of some people in chat because I've heard all the negative talk, but The Power of the Dog is my favorite movie. Nice. Here. Man. You guys, I got you both right. <laughs> um, I've actually put Power of the Dog on both. I'll show you later. <laughs> um, my number one is Being the Ricardos. I've been wow. wrestling for three weeks with this. Um, 
because I believe my experience is so different than most people's. Being Ricardo's gave me what I think Mank gave everyone mm. but me, mm -hmm. which is an old Hollywood behind the scenes story um, that I was still able to connect to my modern life. Um, I just feel like there's so much going on here. And I recognize not everybody thinks this is the best movie of the year. It's not even nominated for best picture. Um, but again, I feel the, the reverse of the trial of Chicago seven, where everybody seemed mm -hmm. to think that was one of the best of the year. And I was a little bit bored mm -hmm. um, here. I just see stellar performances across the board. I see character development and arcs. And then I see the genius of Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the way she is actually 100% over-obsessing about that scene at the dinner table because yeah. of the communism thing. Mm -hmm. But she's still fucking right. And when mm -hmm. she finally calls them in at two in the morning or whatever and blocks the scene and they bump elbows and fall off the chair, there's this moment of, oh my God, she's right. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. she was overanalyzing, yep. but she was also right. That was yeah. a new comedy. Mm -hmm. And I love the way she nitpicks everything. You know, why does she really, does he really think she doesn't recognize his voice? <laughs> right. Uh, why didn't she hear him come mm -hmm. in? There's so much thought put into it. And I know not every comedian is like this, but some of the best comedians are like this. They think about every little detail. I know Michael Richards never wanted to open Seinfeld's door the same way twice and went to great lengths to practice uh, and watch himself. Mm -hmm. I, I was floored when I watched this. Uh, I've seen it three times, and I just think from a technical, creative, across-the-board standpoint, uh, this is the best movie of the year, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Nice. I hope that doesn't throw too big a monkey wrench in All right. No, I don't think so. All right, so another round. Uh, my second would be uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. That is my, oh. my number two. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that's a really good one. And We're um, go several rounds. yeah, we are going to go several <laughs> rounds because uh, um, uh, the the worst person in the world is probably my second. Oh, I predicted that before the show. <laughs> um, wow, my second is Coda, um, and we are now headed for round three. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody listening now or watching along live knows how much I love Coda. So there you mm -hmm. go. Uh, yeah. yeah. The my third choice will be the seventh movie we've mentioned in seven picks. Uh, my third choice is Dune. Uh, oh. I have predicted that too. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I know I did a list and sent something to Aaron uh, a while back that got had all my uh, top five on it, but now I can't remember what I had ranked in. Uh, <laughs> in Don't everything. usually go four rounds. Yeah, rounds. yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm also gonna go with the Bo Burnham inside for my third because that's oh. just how good that is. Wow. Well, that's gonna win. My third is the Green Knight. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Wow. Which. Mm -hmm. uh, at least for the last 24 hours, has invaded my soul. Um, and you know what? I haven't even seen Bo Burnham inside. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ray? <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's an interesting man. choice, right. but man, I, I don't feel bad about it. Um, it's mm -hmm. an incredible piece of art. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm sure I'll, we'll get off of this recording and I'll be like, Oh, wait a minute, you know, or whatever. But I I'm, I'm good with that. Bo Burnham inside is one of those type of, uh, of experiences, I think. So, uh, unusual pick, but that's what happens when you go multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, just a little bit of cleaning up to do just before we go. I know that somebody brought up Wrath of Man. You two have seen it. I have not. So what did what did you guys think of Wrath of Man? That's uh, Guy Ritchie, right? I grow tired of Guy Ritchie. I don't know what it is. I, this story is so convoluted. It, on, on, I don't know why it's so convoluted, but it, I feel like it thinks the pacing and the flashbacking is some kind of whammy reveal mm-hmm. thing, and it's not. It could play straightforward and just be the same experience to me. I, anyway. I agree with everything you say. I just think I enjoyed it more than you. I think it, it worked for me uh, more than you. But it, yes, it is uh, unnecessarily convoluted in the way it presents its story. Um, I actually think it's Guy Ritchie uh, kind of putting some some governors on his usual tendencies. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot... It's probably one of my favorite Guy Ritchie um, movies, in fact. Interesting. And uh, someone also brought up South of Heaven, which is funny because we we interviewed the director of South of Heaven, and and uh, I remember watching it. J- Jason Sudeikis again, proving that he's way more than his Saturday Night Live, uh, mm. you know, guy and his you know his uh, comedy horrible bosses and everything. Uh, um, uh, you know, he gets uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of due for. Um, god movie the show that i can't think of the name of right now um oh um the incredible soccer <laughs> aaron help me out please <laughs> i'm sorry Hanson. what are we oh uh the ted jason lasso. ted lasso he gets a lot of credit for ted lasso and he and obviously so but uh, in south of heaven uh, he's he's great in this too and and that's an unusual movie um uh, it has a it has a great unbroken uh action scene at the end of it uh that uh uh it's a very unusual movie though uh, uh and it's uh you know I'm, I'm 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 hearing people talk about it which uh you don't usually we didn't usually get with a lot of these indies when we did the uh, interviews and things mm-hmm. uh so it's gotten a little bit more uh uh opinions on it than usual um anyway there's our best of 2021 um Ooh. And, uh, you know, we got that, we got that in two hours and 15 minutes. I don't think that's bad. Nicely that's not bad done. at all. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody in the live chat, thanks for showing up and mm-hmm. participating and being part of this experience and uh, making it unique. And uh, you are appreciated, as are all of our listeners. Um, and uh, a little longer than typical Recotopia, but hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive into 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for uh, contributing today. I, I love looking over at the comments and seeing you guys like uh, like have those little snide comments for each other and snide comments for us and things like that. I love that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So so um, so yeah. Next week uh, we're gonna be back to our normal. Um, uh, our normal thing and we're going to be doing lone star it's a 1996 movie directed by john sales if you are looking for that if there's other lone stars out there Mm -hmm. it stars matthew mcconaughey and chris cooper it's not a time to kill um (laughs) (laughs) uh glad that you guys can come on and uh and enjoy the show with us uh but uh that will do it for today we'll see you guys bye 
part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. Thank you.